Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the FanDuel Thunderdome. On this there's no Thursday Night Football, Thursday, January 5th, 2023. We start now. Football! It is obviously the topic of conversation every single day. Although the last couple of days we've been talking about a very serious situation that has taken place on a football field in primetime on Monday. We have breaking news here to lead off the show. And by breaking, I mean it's been broken on the internet for like the last hour or two. Tamar Hamlin has opened his eyes in the University of Cincinnati Medical Center ICU. He has gripped the hands of loved ones next to him bedside, and they're saying he is neurologically intact. This seems like great news on all fronts, and uh, they're saying that obviously let's continue to send our positive vibes, thoughts, and prayers to Damar Hamlin and his family and everybody at that hospital. But hell yeah, fuck yeah, let's go, Damar. Pumped up about that. We talked to Jordan Rooney, obviously his marketing agent of Jaster Media's, I believe. Jaster Media, I believe is the name of the company. He's from Pittsburgh. He is friends with Damar, also friends with the family. He has become a pseudo-spokesperson for the family through this all. Now there is obviously going to be eyes all on Jordan Rooney for the next five years because of this whole thing. Felt like every time he talked to us or any time we saw him chat, he did have the best intentions and was just trying to make sure that all the... You know, the world we live in right now with the narratives weren't getting out of control too much and hopefully trying to take a little bit of stress off of the family so they don't have to deal with anything. I think that was his angle. We shall see. $11 million, I believe, is what's going to be raised for his GoFundMe for his Making M's uh, charity, Uh I believe, Toy Drive, which is also going to fund some other stuff that they have going on. So there is a lot happening around DeMar Hamlin, and now we're hearing incredible news. Yesterday, the vibes were high out of their camp saying that good things were happening. But nobody was really saying anything of, like, matter of fact, like, this happened, this happened, so that gives us positive vibes. It was always like, the doctors are telling us he's hanging in there, he's fighting, we know DeMar, he's going to battle through this. It was that type of stuff, good vibes. Now we know, eyes open, gripping hands, neurologically intact, that's great news. Uh, Ian Rappaport will be joining us in 15 minutes, he'll probably have all the latest updates. Can't wait to chat with him. Today is a massive day for the football world because this is the first Thursday long time no football Mm -hmm. god damn it yeah this is what the future looks like (laughs) this is what the next seven months look like right here no on Thursdays yes this is what it is start the contest we need to understand that but that means that we're at a point in the season where the football matters the most we're at a point in the season where every single game well that's not true there's just a couple games not the ones that the Colts play but <clears throat> Obviously, the Colts are one of those teams that currently are out of it and have nothing to fucking play for this weekend, and that is a shit. Uncalled. Because <laughs> they have paid a lot of money to a lot of players, and that should not be the case. But there's a lot of teams that are that way. And then there's other teams that need to win, and they're in. And when they're in, that means they're in a the playoff hunt, they're in a the tournament, they could go win a Super Bowl. They can get their names etched in history. That's right. Woo-hoo. That's where we're at right now. It's going to be a glorious Thursday, isn't it? Oh, the yeah. Toxic Table's here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys Town Diggs is here. Host of the Man to Man podcast, Everything DB, and the NFL matchup show on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN+. Darius J. Butler is here. You look so cool. You too, man. These jumpsuits. Always. I look the same literally as every single day. Cool. But you look. No. Well, those shoes. I got to look white trashy, they nah, say. cool. I don't know. He's not jocked. He's not jocked. <laughs> but you look super cool. And your 
jocked, <laughs> very jocked. <laughs> Joining us now is another man that's jocked. He is a guy who coached in the NFL for in in college. And in the football world for like five decades, four decades. Yep. Jeez. Total. Long time. I was very lucky to be a player of a team that he was head coach of, which is the Indianapolis Colts. This man battled leukemia through one of those NFL seasons and mm-hmm. founded the Chuck Strong Foundation, which has raised millions and millions of dollars to fund cancer research. Ladies and gentlemen, an absolute legend icon host. Of Coach P's Keys, which had a great first season. Oh, yeah. Chuck Pagano. What's up, man? How you doing? So we got a couple things to talk about. That's not an Italian flag on yeah, your computer. Yeah, what the hell is that? That is not an Italian flag on your computer. What's going on? Did you get bamboozled here? Or was that a, what, what happened right there? What? Green, right, and, uh, white, and red. Yeah, but what? What? what there's not. There's uh, that thing in the, the country in the middle. I didn't know. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, you know the red part down there where the boot is? You know what part of the Italy, uh, country that is? Hell yeah. That's Cologne. That's the Sicilians. Sicilianos. That's where the Sicilians live. That's where the organized operations really think, yeah, yeah, cooking down there. Good. The Calabres are up top. Oh, light skin, light skin, okay. light skin. Like us. Yeah, absolutely up there at the top. Hey, at any rate, there's a lot of gabagool over there. Yeah, there is. And Tone was the one that actually put the flag mm-hmm. on the back. And as soon as we saw it, it was like 30 seconds before we went live. I looked, I was like, that's not the flag, obviously, because there's a lot of flags in the world. Oh, yeah. A ton of them. You know, so you don't always just remember the intricate details of every single flag. Because there's some flags that if they told you to draw, you'd remember and think it's so simple. And then they're like, oh, no, don't you remember? There's a sun up here mm-hmm. in the top right corner. It's like, how did the flag design happen? Mm-hmm. There's some that are just like the most basic and boring. Like, okay, we want no creativity. And then there's others that are like, why is mm-hmm. why is this what we Makes got going up. on? Nonetheless, knew that wasn't an Italian flag. And then Tone said, we want to showcase the boot, yeah, the country dude. as well. Tone, how does it feel to have a fellow Paisano within arm's reach for this entire beautiful No Thursday Night Football Thursday, January It's 5th? unbelievable because I know that the amount of knowledge that I'm going to gain today is immeasurable. Can't be measured. Won't even be tried to be measured because the wealth of knowledge. He's forgotten. That's right. Immeasurable. Yeah. Nope. Measure. Won't even try to. He's forgot. Let's triple stamp. More about football than I've ever fucking known in my entire life. So I can't wait to listen to Coach P today. All right. Let's dive in. Let's start talking about right. some uh, stuff. You're Sean McDermott. Okay, Coach Pagano. You are Sean McDermott. Mm. And that incident happens on a Monday Night Football field that is just routine tackle. Okay. And obviously. There's another half of this that we haven't even chatted about, and that's T. Higgins. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he is more relieved than everybody about the news mm-hmm. that has come out about Tamar opening his eyes and having uh, grip strength capabilities and being neurologically intact, which is the news that has come out this morning from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. But he's obviously felt. I couldn't even imagine oh how he – But he knows, and everybody has told him, except for probably one or two people, like routine tackle – that happens all the time. Yep. There's no way he could have done anything different. But nonetheless, that all happens there. McDermott immediately has to become a coach that there's no, like, blueprint for. How do you think he handled it? And what do you think his message to the team is going forward? Because they're in, this team is going to yeah. be oh, – yeah. it's not like it's week 18 of the regular season. they still got another month and a half left. That's a long time, hopefully, in their eyes, obviously. Yeah, uh, great news, obviously, that came out of DeMar's camp. And for the Bills – and all of us, matter of fact, we've all been waiting for something, right? We've gotten little glimpses here and there about stuff. But, um, yeah, I thought Sean was unbelievable in that moment. Like you said, there is no playbook, 
for this. When I first got hired at the Colts, I was looking for the head coaching manual. There's there's not one. You know, Jim Caldwell didn't leave that behind. But there's no playbook for something like this because we all know injuries are going to happen. You know, we've seen knees, we've seen ankles, low leg, you know, concussions, things like that. But this is, you know, use a word that's getting thrown a lot uh, around a lot, unprecedented, right? Yeah. This situation, but listening to uh, Zach Taylor talk uh, to the media yesterday and come out and kind of explain when he walked across the field and when he first talked to, mm-hmm. you know, Coach McDermott and the first things out of his mouth was, hey, I need to be at the hospital yeah. with DeMar, with his family, and I, I don't need to be here coaching this game. And so I think that speaks volumes. I think we already knew what type of man Sean was, what type of leader Sean was. But until you're thrust into these situations like that, you know, circumstances don't make you. They reveal you. Oh, So I think what was revealed about this football team, about the Bengals, about – and we already probably knew a lot about it, Mm -hmm. but it revealed that these are two classy uh, organizations. The head coaches are great leaders. There's great players and great leaders on these two teams. And I thought thought Sean was amazing. And and I think they're going to practice today, I heard. You know, I had a walkthrough yesterday. But getting this news, you know, I think they, his father came out and did a Zoom call with the team, which probably Mario helped. Hamlin, I believe. Yeah, tried to help him, help that team move forward, those coaches move forward. Um, and then the news today, they can kind of say, okay, our brother, you know, our teammate is going to be okay. Yeah. And then we can, we can move forward, and we have to move forward. And, and I think Sean would say, hey, look, you know, what would DeMar in this situation, what would he want us to do? Yeah. And what would that family want us to do? And you you got to keep moving forward. And I think that's probably a part of what Mario said to the team. Uh, yeah. Uh, Demar's father, Mario, spoke to the team in the Zoom. And then a couple of the Bills players, uh, not a couple of the uh, Bills players, uh, but they, they said the team needed it. Obviously, yes, that is an incredible message to hear. The world, I think, was excited to hear this. And I don't want to say needed because we didn't as much as the Buffalo Bills or as much as his family. But, man, this is great news coming out for everybody to think about. Yeah. Me, Darius, and AJ were talking about this yesterday. You know, Sean McDermott, great coach, and he just talked about how adversity doesn't doesn't make you. It reveals you. Boom. Hell yeah. What a line. Yeah. That's a bar right there from old Coach Pagano. There are some coaches around the NFL that would not have been able to handle that situation as well as Sean McDermott did. So I do believe the praise that has continued to be heaped on him, especially if we have a former head coach in the building talking on a microphone, is a good thing. You know, like what what they got going on there in those programs is fucking good, strong, and that's what culture I think everybody talks about. Yeah, and then tough times like this, obviously you need, you know, team and family, and his family uh, is going to need that as well because um, I would assume, you know, it's a, a long road ahead, you know, to recovery and him, him getting back to us. And uh, so we're all on pins and needles. Obviously, his family is as well. Um, so great, great news uh, coming out from his pops. Yes. Yeah, so our big question for Ian Rapport now is, like, what is expectation here? Yeah, yep. Cause, going forward. Because we didn't know what ex- what good news was yeah. a couple of days ago. We didn't know, well, what's good news? Like, alive, right? Yeah. Is good news. Sure. Right. That's where we all were thinking. Mm-hmm. Neurologically intact, that makes it sound like that's, they're – That's good news. Hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strength. Yep. Grabbing, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're starting to piece some things together now yeah. on what maybe if tomorrow, and I don't even want to say it because it seems so absurd, especially coming from the moment that it happened to everything we've just experienced. Is he playing football again? 
Yeah, I mean, no. based on what, like, talking to Jordan and, like, the feelings about DeMar that they have, unless he himself decides, like, yeah, I don't want to ever, you know, have to be put in that This would be a question we'll ask Rappaport. Because yeah. I don't even, it's obviously not even. Yeah, it's probably so, so that far That is not away. even, yeah, like, yeah, in yeah, anybody's thought. Nah, but, like, yeah. Pronger, the NHL, yep. he got hit puck, chest, mm-hmm. commotio cordis. Mm-hmm. He came back, played, like, what, 10 years afterwards or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he went on to have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and he didn't play that long after it happened, right, Nick? I think it was, no, like it was weeks. Next week, oh, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like after it happened. Yes. It's insane where modern technology is at. Mm-hmm. Not We watched, the world. The whole world watched, and just from my lack of knowledge in that world about how long a body in CPR yeah. and yeah. everything can happen, my natural instinct watching how long it was, I was like, yeah, man. That's once, too long. Yeah, once yep. again, hats off to uh, obviously the coaches and players, and they did an incredible job. But those those responders, those first yeah, responders, getting yeah, you know, was... the medical personnel getting on the field, actually, you know, going because all the doctors that's coming out, if it is uh, what is it, commotion, cordis, if it is something, that's something that most of these guys only read about in textbooks. So yeah, sure. yeah I probably can, haven't experienced. Yeah, it so haven't really you know gone through those protocols and actually put some of that shit in place. So for them to come out and do that and give Demar a chance, you know, because a lot of places that that happens, a lot of people don't even have a chance to make it. So um, hats mm-hmm. off to them. Shout out to yeah, Denny Kellington. They said was the Bills guy who basically acted immediately. Yeah, there he is, assistant Im- athletic trainer. Right, yeah. acted immediately and started administering CPR. And they said like he's you know in this situation like one of the real heroes because it was you know same deal. I mean something like that happens, and I mean obviously these guys are trained to do that kind of stuff, but it's like hey, gotta have your fucking A game yeah. when something like this happens. Yeah, when pressure arrives right can you perform exactly you know there's some refs we've seen yeah that like in the big moment obviously not ready for it because everybody talks about players and rarely are coaches talked about too there's some coaches that in the big moment you can't do it let alone equipment managers whenever something pops off like in in football there's obviously mm-hmm. helmet malfunction yeah. cleat any face mask yeah. literally anything you got a good equipment manager who can flip things quick it doesn't get thought about until it pops up mm-hmm. and if you don't have a guy or a girl it's like you're trying to find in the thing. Mm-hmm. So, old buddy, I assume that this has been the plan. He's the one who took the le- – like he was probably the one who was part of the practice yeah. and mm-hmm. part of the whole thing. But who knows? Yeah. In the moment, are you going to be able to execute it perfectly? And these trainers, everybody talks about, you know, and they're the meme water boys. People are like, oh, water boys make six figures in the NFL or $80,000 in the NFL. Like, I'd love to do that. That fucker has slept 14 hours a week for the last – 24 weeks probably, yeah. mm-hmm. if I had to guess. The trainers, their lives, they're in the building bef- as early as the earliest person that's in the building. Yep. And then normally in the building, I don't know, the coaches end up sleeping there and doing that type of stuff, so you can't talk about that. But whoever the last player basically out of there is there, their days are 18 hours long, oh, yeah. very regularly. And then obviously they have a deep passion for the team and for the players. And then for this to happen, it's like – Hey, shout out, Denny. Yeah. Yeah, Great right, fucking work, and Denny. You, and you know their phones are blowing up 24-7. So when they do leave, these things are still blowing up. And players are saying, hey, I need some Norman mm-hmm. Tech. I need this. I need that. And those guys are, those guys are on call. So they don't, they don't sleep. Yeah. They can't turn their phone off. You can't silence your phone if you're in that role. And so, again, you know, adversity doesn't you know, make you. It reveals you. What was revealed about this dude? Yeah, Denny's a, mm-hmm. Denny's a legend out oh, there. Yeah. Um, D-Butt also have no sleep. Make everybody feel better. Always be on call. And better have a good attitude. 
We don't need you bringing us down. Yeah, legit. Because, yeah. Like their their vibe. Yeah, yeah. Keeps people going through the entire seat. I couldn't even imagine a training room that has a bad vibe. Colts one we had. Yeah, you were always in there. We had fucking people like mm-hmm. the trainers, physical therapists in yeah. there, everybody in that room. Pretty pretty great hang. Mm-hmm. And then you you're dealing with a lot of individuals that are. Um, I, it's obviously it's a high high pressure job. You know, it's, you can be in there one day, you can be gone the next. You can be fighting for your job, and now, damn, I got a knee, and I'm out three, four weeks potentially, and I'm trying to, you know, fight for my professional life here. So now, like you said, you show up at, at treatment at six o'clock. Those are the first faces you see. Those are the people who kind of push you. All right, let's get three more reps. Let's get four more reps. So with these, um, sometimes. You get an injury, they may say, "Hey, this this may this may be it. This may be it for you. you may never come back." So um, yeah, they have to deliver these. terrible news. Yeah, mm-hmm. very painful. Tough, I, tough job. Rehab is very very tough. They're they're raking a metal like stick. Yeah. On your scar tissue, mm-hmm. so it'll break it up, so it doesn't happen. Excruciatingly painful. Yeah. It, it, like absolute. A metal thing just getting jammed and rubbed basically up and down bone and scar tissue. Oof. No fun. No, no <laughs> fun at all. Necessity. It is a necessity. No fun. They have to do that, and then they have to read the human. They have to read me. Mm-hmm. How bad does this hurt? Okay, let's take a break. Motivational speech. Got to do it. Got. Let's get back in here. Like it's just not an easy job at all. I'm happy, old buddy's getting. Uh, just think about. It. Then you got it. Then they have to deal with the coaches. Oh my back. Hey, what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on, with Pat? Man, is he gonna be? Is he gonna practice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He gonna practice this week or what? Yeah, it's uh, real. Coach, you know, we're working on it. So uh, shout out to those. And they have to guys. treat everybody on the team. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all ninety guys that come in immediately, oh, yeah. right? You got to treat them all like they're Peyton Manning. Exactly. Yeah, Peace like squad, everybody. Aaron Burrell is the uh, head physical therapist for. Indianapolis Colts, been around a long time. West Virginia grad, okay? From Morgantown, West Virginia. Weapon. Weapon. Weapon of a human. Knew knew of me whenever I got there. Obviously, he and I and Kyle and Wallow was in there for Mm -hmm. a long time and Hambone and that whole group is awesome. But me and EB... He, he got me back. Him and Kyle got me back from fucking three surgeries, four yeah. years, mm-hmm. like, just like that. I'm very, um, I'm very thankful that Denny's getting his flowers. Absolutely. It's not a bad time to get flowers to everybody else around the NFL doing that job as well because, mm-hmm. obviously, they did not save somebody's life right on a field in front of everybody. Denny deserves to get shouted out, and uh, I think he would think this as well. Those trainers are fucking awesome people Absolutely. around the NFL, and they're a necessity. We got I- Ian Rappaport joining us right now. Uh, we will... Love to hear what Ian's hearing because it feels as if this morning a lot of news has been released out of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Ladies and gentlemen, the senior NFL insider for the league, the network, and its website, host of the podcast, The Insiders, which can be found on Fast Networks. Mm-hmm. Also the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Ian, uh, before we dive into anything... Phenomenal job on the Food Network last night. Hell Tailgate yeah. takedown. Thank you. You were the star of the program, and you did amazing. Oh. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your tweets. The um, the <laughs> thing about it exploding in my mouth. Hey. I, I, I just hope the internet forgets, which I up. assume it will. Um, I would tell you this. The only thing I really cared about, well, one, my hair looked great. 
two was, did they show how fun it was? Because it legitimately was fun. So I'm glad they showed that, and thank you for your tweets. Yeah, I think it was a good, I think it was Okay, a, that, now, now, now that. <laughs> Yikes. Well, What's going on, okay. Bob? Tim Kirch and Frank Thomas. I, I see what happened first here. Yeah, this is a Siciliano thing, it appears. But they have you dead in the middle. So it's not even we could say, like, they put you far side. No. Or, or there's anything else like that. It is perfect perspective there. In perfect ratio, but that was whenever you were showcasing urgency. You were the one who pointed out that there was a fire, mm-hmm. fire, oh. star. I mean, yep. Ian was the star of the yep. show last yeah. night. Oh yeah, and I don't know if everybody got to see it. So the one about the mouth exploding. Let's go. Let's turn that volume up because it is a little low because I'm recording it from my bed at my house. Um, this is Ian. Oh, too much, it, but okay. This is Ian explaining. <laughs> okay, sure. a meatball, I believe, right from the New York Giants team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Meatball. This is a meatball that was cooked, obviously, to perfection. Oh, yeah. And here's a description of the texture of said meatball by food judge and critic Ian Rappaport on Tailgate Takedown. You can feel it, like, in your mouth, which I like. So that was great work. The way they edited that whole thing. And then there was was another moment that you got in there. They were really cutting these quick. Like, that was me just showcasing his entire take. That was not out of context (laughs) Mm -hmm. at all. That was uh, what they decided (laughs) to put in there. And then this is shortly after there where he wanted to go ahead and just get all the flavor off the fingers. Because if you do recall, it was a long day on the set. He was looking forward to this food, not just for to judge it, but to also digest and enjoy it. Uh Here's Ian Rappaport. Wrapping up his thoughts on the meatballs. Don't mind me, guys. I'll be a second. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Ian Rappaport, for the electricity last night. You did great on that, honestly. You God, fucking bro. were great on that show last night, Ian. You need to know that. Well, thank you. Um, I There were several moments where they, I was supposed to be doing something, and I was just eating. And they had to be like, can we can we take the food? Cause we're, and I'm like, can I just have like a little? Because I was there all day. It was the best food we had. And all I really wanted to do was just eat all that stuff. Yeah, um, food network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and they promised me I would get to eat, like for real eat. So it all worked out very well. I'm happy that that was a part of the negotiation. Uh, I'm going to a food network to be a food judge. Can I eat? Please. <laughs> what is this guy's deal? <laughs> Come on, rap. Ian, what he is still kept taking <laughs> it away. You do it. They kept, no, they kept taking it away. And I was like, let me just, just like, all there right. was one point, one point when like they put it down. And they were like, all right, just leave it here. And then I took some, and they kind of were like, don't don't take any. Like, okay. All right, because they got to get their shots and everything like yeah. that. That is a massive moment in your life. I'm happy I got to watch it live, and I'm happy and hopeful that you'll get more of those opportunities. Congrats. Good right. go, Rap Sheet. All right, let's dive into your actual bread and butter, which is being the senior NFL insider for not only the network, the league, the website, and NFL Plus. Hell yeah. Um, DeMar Hamlin news, seemingly really, really good. Eyes open. You reported oh gripping hands of close ones neurologically intact they're saying when did all of this happen when did all this take place and are we expecting more great information coming out of university of cincinnati medical center today mr rapaport uh okay so first of all this is all amazing yes and you know i think you could probably tell yesterday when we spoke things were going in the right direction right like there was some optimism there was some positivity even if people close weren't saying like this is specifically happening, that's specifically happening. You could tell by the way that they were reacting, things were going to be okay, and at least he was going to make it. That's what it seemed like yesterday. At least he was going to make it. And then last night, 
he opened his eyes. Um, and that is also amazing. And just imagine the family members who have been there 72 hours, not knowing if he's going to live or die, watching him get resuscitated on the field. Some of the most dramatic uh, and immediate medical attention we've seen in a public setting ever. I don't know. It may be, yeah, I, I was thinking about it. I forget about football. I can't remember ever, ever seeing anyone else fighting for his life in front of us, and we're all watching. Nine, and I think Joe Buck, but like for the last yeah. nine minutes, yeah. they've been doing It's like it was, and the whole world's watching prime time. Well, that all was eyes on. Right. Yeah. I think for all of us, hearing Joe Buck say nine and a half minutes, it was when, at least for me, I was like, that's a long time. Oh, like, sure. okay, this this has just changed. This is now yes. not about football. This is very real, and I don't know what's ha- happening. And then he opens his eyes last night. He is responsive. He's not talking yet because he has a tube in his mouth still, but gripping the hands of loved ones, knowing that they are there for him is all, like, really incredible. Okay, so let's uh, dive into a little bit more there. Was anybody with him when he opened his eyes? How did they find out? I assume that it was his family bedside the entire time, and when that happens, what I, everybody lose, everybody gets real pumped. Right? I mean, that is – what time do we know when that happened in the, in the evening? Uh, um, it was late. It was late. So I, it was – I think it was, you know, somewhere after 8 o'clock um, because, you know, it started like, you know, I'm – when I do these things, you know, you check in for news and you check in on humans and then you do a little bit of in between. And this is one of those things that you're not really going to do anything until it becomes an official statement. But you started to get word last night, like we're going to have something tomorrow that's going to be good. So, so around like 8 or 9 p.m., something was happening, which turned out to be opening his eyes. I don't know specifically who was in the room, but I know that the reaction from those close to him who evolved, because like... The family members are sort of in and out, in and out, you know, like, so I don't know who specifically was there, but I know the reaction was like described oh. to me as extremely heartwarming. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, geez, what a moment there for DeMar yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Coach Pagano has a question for you, Ian Rappaport. Hey, obviously that's great news. Good to see you, Ian. Glad you enjoyed those, hey, those meatballs. <laughs> Did they tell you what was in those meatballs, okay. how they were made? Um, yeah, it was... Uh, so it was, you know, regular meat, some jalapenos diced up, and then some uh, ricotta and mozzarella in the middle of it. So it was real, like, crispy on the outside and soft on the inside. Do you make your own? Oh, yeah. Really good. Do you make your own meatballs? No, his wife. His yeah. wife. Um, yeah, he doesn't do anything. Uh, well, my wife does, in fact, make meatballs. A lot of the other stuff I make, I got a new pizza oven. I am the one putting it into the oven, Cereal. taking it out. She does some other stuff. But all right, I do Chuck, we can't, this guy's just lying all over everything. Yeah, we yeah, can't right. do that. So, no. Hey, so okay. What are the next steps, though? A lot of that I, was true. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah, so whenever we talk about, and your meatballs are fantastic, you don't make them, though. So, like, we're not going to let you just lie on the program. But I think we do have to get back to right. he does it. He doesn't do anything, Chuck. No, you know, he does, he does, he does this guy does not. He actually documents him not doing anything mm-hmm. and puts out to the public, like, hey. My wife. My wife's awesome. My wife is awesome. Thank you for He's a good guy. He's, yeah. Well, we don't know if that has happened, yeah. but certainly some. It's happened. Snow. My shovel. feet hurt so much. I was just on the Food Network. Can I have a massage? <laughs> All right. Let's get back to what you actually do, though. Let's get back into this. Okay. So ahead, Chuck. Yeah. what are the next steps? What are the next steps here for the DeMar Hamlin um, family, for the team, for the Bills? And what are expectations? Do we know what expectations are at this point? 
You're talking about for him specifically? Yeah, like neurologically intact is well, great news. Like that's incredible news, yeah. right? And then gripping the hands, that's great news for extremities, you would assume, right? Like that type, that would mean good news. I don't know how much more you know than us, but like what do you think are, what are, what are well, expectations timeline going forward for him? So, you know, obviously the focus has been on like how is he and is he going to make it? Once it was clear that he's going to make it and he's neurologically intact, then you could sort of start being like, is he going to have an okay life? Is he going to be okay? And then could he ever play again? And I don't know the answer of would he want to play again, right? I do not know that answer because I would imagine, considering what happened to him, uh, you know, he could play or not, and I would understand both ways. Honestly, I would totally understand if he never wanted to play again. But no one has said to me, this is the guy who will never play again. Like, I don't know if you can compare difficult, tragic situations, but, and I don't think this is saying anything wrong, but this made me think of Ryan Shazier. And, you know, tracking that situation a couple years ago, I remember speaking to someone close to him, and I asked about football, and the response was, don't ask about football. I understand. I understand. I haven't, this hasn't quite been like that. No one has said to me he's never going to play football again. Got it. Crazy that you are asking about football in this situation, but Jeez. that is your job, I guess. Well, I, well for, for the Ryan Shazier thing, I didn't understand. Oh, I got just, you. I didn't know what it was, and I didn't understand. So he says, you know, let's not talk about football. And I was like. I got you. I, okay. I understand. I and that's a great, by the way, thank you for bringing that example because you're showcasing that it has happened in the past and it has had a different reaction. So that's great news for DeMar, I believe. Chris Pronger of the NHL. What year was that? He got hit with a puck. Do we know what year it was? That was 99. 98. 98, 99, 99 yeah. Yeah, he gets commotio cord, which comes from hockey ball sport normally or yep. object sport, yep. hitting yep. at like the exact wrong time with a heartbeat and at the exact they're talking like millimeter of where it's supposed to be and everything like that. He came back and played, you know, so it's it's fascinating what the human body can do. I, I think that's what I'm learning most through this whole nine minutes. This guy completely out on primetime TV. Now they're saying he's 72 hours later. He could move and he's alive again. Like think about him opening his eyes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there is. There's just so much that is really mind-blowing here, and it's all certainly good news. We can't wait to follow your uh, Twitter account, hopefully, for more news. Do you think more is going to come out today, or do you think that was the uh, this morning was the good news they're referring to? Uh, no, I, I think that was the good news they're referring to. Uh, at some point, right. maybe today, Sean McDermott will speak, um, and I don't know if there's going to be a doctor with him or not. Sometimes they do that. would make some sense to sort of explain, like, here's what happened. And the family has been very protective of making sure that there's no specific medical updates. I think mainly because everybody screws it up um, and they want it. If there's going to be an update for it to be like real and here's actually what it happened. So we may see some sort of medical update also. Um, and then it's like the football part of it, which is what are you going to do about the game? Is it going to be replayed? Which my guess would be probably not, but we'll see. Um, and then how do you actually play a game this Sunday? Got it. And they're going to try their best. Uh, you know, they said they're doing a walkthrough or whatever, and obviously teams are off. Practice today, I think. Yeah, teams are offering up mental health, however and yeah. whatever, basically, to try to get through it. Other teams are feeling the rippling effects of this as well, just like all ex-players are. And whenever you talk about a doctor being there, I remember when Chuck got diagnosed with leukemia, uh, Jim spoke, doctor spoke, 
immediately afterwards to kind of break it down a little bit. And I thought the to, doctor to the team or to reporters, both. Yeah, I think both. Oh. I think yeah, definitely to us first. The yeah. team we came back in and we knew something was up because we hadn't been told it was fresh off a of bye week, right? Mm-hmm. I think we were coming off a yeah. of bye week. Everybody in the buildings in the team meeting room, like everybody, meeting supposed to start at let's say nine or something. Did not start at nine, so I was like, okay, so Mr. Ursay is part of this. <laughs> That's that's how that's the only person that would be able to just not show up like with the whole building here. He comes in and then doctor comes in and there's a lot of us that are like, yeah, that's not good. The hell's going on. And then we kind of got it laid out to us and there's questions, you know, like Reggie, who has had obviously great history with Chuck. He's known Chuck since he's 18 years old, whenever he's getting recruited down to the Miami and whatever like that. Like Reggie asked to follow up and the doctor had the answer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Jim or anybody else had the answer. So, and I think in the media it was the same way. Do you remember it the same way? I don't remember. I don't remember the media, but I definitely remember the, um, the doctor coming in and breaking it down to it. That does lead me to a question. Uh, have they, have they formally come out and said it is Commotio Cordis or whatever it is? Because I know a lot of people have been speculating that, us included, because that's, I guess, what it looks like. But have the doctors actually said that? Right. Uh, so Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer, said yesterday, last night, that it is a possibility, which is the most specific medical information we've gotten. That leads me to believe, you know, if, if Dr. Alan Sills says it's a possibility, it probably means it's very, very much a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may not be all that was going on. Um, this seemed like incredibly serious, and I know there was a, a clearing of his lungs, which was also essential. Yeah. I don't know enough to know what that means as far as a condition, but that sounds like a little more than maybe what had what Chris Pronger had and some of the other athletes who've had Camusio Cortis. Gotcha. So I guess it's happened four different times. Pronger's the only one that came back and played. The other three did not, and that's because they had what pre prior. Didn't the soccer? There was a soccer player who played. Christian Erickson. Yeah, Erickson did. I don't think that was Camosio Cordes, though. I think that was just cardiac. I think he just had a heart attack. Right. Okay. The Camosio Cordes, I think Uh, there's been four. Pronger was the only one that came back and played. He had a full career afterwards. The other three had what? What's it called? Uh, I don't know the specifics, but I just know they had irregular heartbeats that were underlying. uh, Yeah. What's uh, undiagnosed conditions that they found out after the fact? Yeah, in the heart. And we heard from somebody who played football for a long time the other day. They texted us, and they were like, um, "Are they called?" And told me. Like, when I retired, I was having some, like, pain in my heart, and I had to go get tested, and then they had to put dye in my blood, mm-hmm. and they had to do all this stuff to find this out. Turns out, it was something. He had, like, myo... Myocarditis? No, it wasn't. It was something. I forget what it was. It was myopathy? Like, yeah, myopathy, I think so it was. Cardiomyopathy. Yeah. yeah, cardiomyopathy. And, sorry, there's a lot of heart terms mm-hmm. being said these days, and we should all learn more, by the way, because the heart is the leading cause, I think, of... It is people passing away or whatever. But whenever that person said that, the doctor told them, like, hey, you were rolling the dice playing football for as long as you were playing. This is an undiagnosed condition that, like, I think if he would have been told this when he was in college, he would not have gone on to play football after that. Like, he had been living with something that, like, made his rate or percentage of something like commotion quarters happening much, much higher than everybody else, but it was undiagnosed because a regular physical wouldn't, be able to pick it up and he told me don't be like there's a chance that when a doctor comes out and speaks there'll be something that'll be alongside of it that'll make him be was at a higher rate for this to happen than maybe somebody else and I think that's what a lot of players 
are going to be, be wanting to hear, like, if that's just yeah. possible, you know, like if that's just possible to happen to anybody, he's in great shape. He's 24 years old. Routine hit. That was just a standard hit. Yeah. I think there's potential. Right, we've seen it 200 times. So I think, like, that conversation is one that should happen. I think it should be explained, too, because that's going to put a lot of people at ease. Or it's going to put everybody at, like, okay, so this is something that somehow has not happened as much as it should happen. Obviously, for DeMar, we hope that's not the case. Happy he's back. But I will be excited to hear the full explanation of what's going on. Will we ever? We will hear that, right? We will? I I hope so. And I think what kind of – I feel like as a society, we're way more transparent than we've ever been. Right, like we tend to have national conversations, for lack of a better way of saying it, over these things. And you know, for I mean, we did it for COVID, for better or worse, for two years. Well, uh, happened. I know it happens for illnesses all the time. And I think what sometimes happens is, in the end, people go, "Okay, well, I'll I'll get checked out," and like that's great if that's what comes of this. More awareness, more people knowing, like, "Hey, I'm going to go get my heart checked out," or if you're a player, say, "I'm going to get." a certain type of physical that will like, like happens at the combine where you check your heart out. Like that's good. More information is better. More awareness is better. I hope that that comes with all of this. Okay. Me too. And uh, I think Connor has a question about something that is not Demar Hamlin related. So I think this is the perfect time to say, obviously all our thoughts, prayers and vibes are still going to university of Cincinnati for DeMar Hamlin. I feel like the whole world still feels that way, but it's great to have some good news coming out of there. Way to kick some ass over there. DeMar and everybody that helped. Connor, your question for Ian Rapport. Yeah, obviously all the football questions are secondary, but Rapshie, a lot of stuff has been coming out, especially in the coaching uh, world right now. And the Saints have officially said, like, hey, this is going to take a first-round pick if you want to trade for Sean Payton this offseason. Is it basically known around you know the league that Sean Payton will be a head coach in the NFL somewhere next year? Or is this just kind of them letting people know that if there's even a thought for some teams that you're going to have to you know give up a first-round pick to get Yeah. It? I think it's more like now. I don't. I. I will not. I cannot definitively say Sean Payton will be a coach next year. There might not be a lot of openings. We might have. You know, probably somewhere between four and six is. You know, usually it's between six and eight. I think four and six this year. There's some possibilities that I think are not yet decided or are not yet public, but you know, Sean Payton is going to be choosy. He's going to want a strong ownership with a good functional organization. A either a good quarterback or a quarterback that he can make good, like a some young, sort of rookie. He wants a young like quarterback, that. you think? Young quarterback? I mean, I think that would be his – I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think mostly he'd want a good quarterback. Okay, so he's going Somebody to Miami well. with Tom Brady like they were yeah. supposed to do before the whole thing happened? <laughs> Warm weather, he said he needed as Because well. somebody's reporting now out of uh, Dolphins, and it might have been a blog, might have been a report. We saw the headline. We should have looked into it more. might have been fake. Dolphins lose, end up 8-9 after going 8-3. and three. Everybody's job's at risk down there for Stephen Ross. Is he doing that to move some pieces out of the way so that he can move Sean Payton and Tom Brady back mm. in like they were supposed to do and when they were going to meet on that yacht and B-Flow said, I ain't coming? Is that what's, is that what's going down right now? <laughs> I I have not corroborated that. Uh, that would be a little surprising. Now, okay. we do see that okay. from time to time where things are surprising, um, and this is that time of year. Um, now, the other thing is, it was a whole tampering thing from the league where they all got busted. Yeah, Stephen had to watch a game from his yacht. Wasn't out of Gary Stadium. Right. I remember that half what, a year, right? Yep. Right. Uh-huh. Which oh, that's sounds devastating. very different. 
That is. That's yeah, tough. Fair Especially enough. with how good the team was this year. He didn't get to see Tyreek mm-hmm. score like 10 touchdowns. Yeah, heartbreaking. Golly, he wouldn't do that again. He's been worth shit since he got back. Well, but then it's sure. like, will the league <laughs> let that, yeah. if that's going to happen? He has only seen them you lose. Know, yeah. like, would the, no wonder why I went to fire him. That's why. Yeah. I was, Wait, is I that was, true? I was in my yacht <laughs> watching these games. Yeah. You guys were killing it. Daddy comes home. You guys can't win a game. Mm-hmm. You, you know don't what? win with you know me in the building. You're all fired. How about it? For the betterment of the team, this week, head to the yacht. True. Well, I heard Snyder's doing that, right? Yeah. Isn't Snyder doing that this weekend? Yep. I mean, he spent some considerable time on that yacht, I would imagine. Yeah. There was a, there was a whole website, Fans a whole tape. Twitter account, who only purpose that. was to let us know where is Dan Snyder's yacht, which, as a public service, I appreciate it. Well, I think Elon wanted to ban yeah. that particular thing from the Twitter because of how mm-hmm. potentially dangerous it is. But at the time, we were following right along. I mean, <laughs> he was in Napoleon's I home mean, island yep. there for a while. You, you, know. can, you can take the thing off. You can make it so no one can track it. I don't know if Elon knows this, but you can, like, just click sure a does. button and it says, don't, can't track it. Can't track what? Yeah, he's telling them. The, where, where, your, where your plane is. Yeah, that's not real. It's real. That's not real. What you just said. These fuckers have real. technology to track everything. <laughs> These autograph hounds, I don't know what you have access to. Yeah. I know what they have access to. I don't get a to. lot of autograph hounds, if we're being completely honest. I don't, I don't know if they're just, like, shooting. Like, are they holding hangers up in the sky and, like, through the entire flight? Like, yep, he's over Got Illinois him. right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not just me. It's every, They know where everybody is. They know where everybody So you could turn it off, like you just said, but you have to check in in every airspace that you go to. So all you need is literally one person at any of those places talking about it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's true. it's a whole thing. Yeah, I've, I've experienced it a little bit. I've experienced it a little bit. Wow. So thanks, Ian, for telling Elon what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Elon. Offer a suggestion. Yeah, oh, no, you didn't say that. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a matter yeah, of fact is what you. Uh, he went back and forth with you, too. Like, yeah, yeah, like, no, no, I know, I know. Yeah, just turn it off. I couldn't find <laughs> where fucking Sean Payton was flying to. I thought. Oh. So there's no, you think, so let's just. Let's wrap that one up here before we move on to the next one. Okay. Sean yeah. Payton, not necessarily coming back. Wanted to go to the Chargers. Chargers might not be available, so now it might set it back a year where he evaluates another team. Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, Carolina Panthers. So those are three big ones. You add the Miami Dolphins in, does that immediately become the number one job? Why wouldn't Sean Payton do that? Uh, I don't know that it's going to come open, first of all. Um, I think that job... Would prob- if it came open, would probably make sense. One year. Denver, I think, is a possibility. They're going to swing big. So Harbaugh and Peyton, along with Dan Quinn, will probably be the three uh, targets there, I would say. Um, you know, so that is that would be sort of what you would consider. But he, I think he likes TV. I think he'd like to stay near L.A. somewhere. So I don't think he's going to jump for just anything. He's also rich anyway, so it's not like he needs the money. Oh. But I think he's going to be very choosy. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Tom Brady's a whole other story. We'll dive yeah. into that another day. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Rapsheet, in terms of uh, injury reports for Week 18, uh, a couple guys for the Packers last week, Keyshawn Nixon, they didn't know if he was going to go. He obviously runs a, a kickback, scores a touchdown. Christian Watson was banged up. Bakhtiari played. Uh, are all of those guys, I mean, are the, are the Packers kind of all systems go this weekend? And on the flip side, is anyone uh, hurt for the Lions potentially in that game? Um, I think what you're going to probably see around the league is for the teams that have stuff to play for, it's going to be almost all, all systems go. Like, you know, it's like in the playoffs, everyone always plays. 
I think that's what it's going to be like this week. And now on the other side, for the teams that don't have a lot to play for, like even if you're just playing for seeding, I don't think teams will put guys out there at risk. Giants? You know, like... like Eagles? See, when, when Dayball... I think we talked about this a little bit. When Dayball was in mm-hmm. Buffalo, they rested guys. So we may see the Giants not... The line, play everyone. Oh, the line suggests. Yeah. Dayball is... Ah. Yeah. The What's line's thirteen or fourteen, so it's they're saying they're not playing. I would, I would think so. God, how do you feel about that? Dable wasn't the head coach. How do you feel Buffalo. about? How do you feel about that? that I, I don't like Sean's. Momentum's huge. Huge. I'm a big believer in momentum. But if you lose a guy, you're the fucking dumbest coach of right. all time. But you yep. can lose a guy in practice. Yeah, yeah. Moment. Will your fans and will your fans and owners think pre- about that though? Those guys want to play. You, you heard what Tom said. They don't want to sit out this week. They want to play. They want to keep their chemistry. They want to keep the momentum going, especially if they're doing this. Incentives. Keep you working. Yeah. And then you, you talk about guys got contract and guy needs one more sack to hit an escalator. A couple more catches. Well, that's the other thing yards. that happens this week. Ninety-one yards, Christian Kirk. Yeah, 500. You know, now you're going to sit yeah. me down so I can't, you know, you GM yeah. gets in the guy's ear and says, hey, we should rest this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Why that guy? Well, that's a tough position for you. Oh. That's, a, that's a tough position for you. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit you know that what, it even happens yeah. because there's a $110 billion media no, they deserve deal. they deserve everything. I mean, yeah, that's, why, big, that's why we did it. That was a big part of Chuck's, uh, that was a big part of Chuck's speeches. Go get your money now. Yep. Okay? Actually, that's cool. I don't know how proud you are of this moment, but it's real. We're talking about drawing up a play for Reggie to get a fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Okay. This is, Chuck was a big believer in, like, hey, things matter, you know, especially escalators and consecutive streaks and everything like that. Yeah. Just because we're fucking around doesn't mean that this has to be fucked mm-hmm. up. So that that is something that I think you live well, – You remember what happened. Not everybody that, right? lives by that, though. Yeah, we lost eight or ten or something like that. No, that end of that game, and he's got that streak going where he's got three catches and 100 games in a row. And, like, we're at the end of the uh, Jacksonville game. Gus Bradley's the head coach. And so we throw Reggie back in there. He needs three catches. We throw him two bubbles. Two bubbles. He gets cut in half. Sawed in half. Sawed in half. No, no. Damn. And then he's looking at me, trotting off. And then Gus, when I go to shake his hand after the game, hey, hey, good game. And and hey, I'm sorry for and tried to explain to him the circumstances why we're throwing to Reggie late in that game when we're up, whatever we're up, and the game's over. Gus was not. And he goes, he kind of just looked at me crossways, you know, like. Yeah, I was wondering what the hell you were doing. Yeah, yeah, you know? I could imagine. <laughs> I think it was a good thing. But that type of stuff matters, though, I think. like going like, I think Reggie wasn't necessarily as pumped about it either because he didn't feel. But that's like a coach looking out for a person and the whole business thing. So you're thinking the Giants aren't playing. Eagles are playing then? God. Sounds like Eagles are definitely playing. All right. Tell I mean, we'll see if at some point Jalen Hurts will be a full participant. If he's a full participant today, that means he's going. But health-wise – Hertz is definitely in a good position. Ton digs your question for Ian Rappaport. Hey, what's going on with Lamar? Dude, this is getting ugly. Not ugly. What Not happened? ugly. Yeah, it well, is. What happened? Come on. Uh, we'll, we'll bring it up after Ian oh, does his little bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here is where it stands. Uh, he's probably not going to play this week because he hasn't practiced yesterday. Mm-hmm. It has been, it'll be five weeks for an injury that I think most people thought would take three. PCLs take a little bit longer, and they're not going to risk it. So I was told that they are confident in his return for the playoffs. If he's not out there for the playoffs, then it would be, okay, he had a setback. I don't think it's contract-related, and I don't think it's effort-related. I'm sure it sucks for everyone, though. 
um, and I know he wants to be out there, and they want to be out there, but he is just not ready. So I said your little bullshit thing because I thought you were going to talk about the Lamar contract situation, which I think is what Tone Diggs was alluding to, but you oh, wanted yeah. with the playing uh, thing. So we appreciate that information. I apologize for assuming you were just going to lie. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. I do apologize for that because you have sources and everything like that. We're just judging from outside looking in. This quote that made it into the Baltimore Sun Sentinel and then onto Reddit from Mueller and Sando, Harbaugh clearly thinks Lamar should be back. He's trying to stay out of it and take the high road. Sando going to say, Mike Preston of the Baltimore Sun wrote in a mailbag column that it's no secret between the coaches and top members of the front office that Jackson is a slacker. Hmm. Source, the athletic football what? show, the football GM with Randy Mueller and Mike Sando. This slacker Ooh. won the MVP. Yep. Yeah. This slacker I... won a playoff game. This slacker's absence has been wildly visible over the last month or so. Why is this happening, uh, Rap? Yeah. Why are your uh. people talking shit on their guy? Why is this happening? Uh, I've talked to my people, uh, and nobody <laughs> has said that he's a slacker. Okay. They say it Dude. just takes time. And I think I get particularly not that my opinion matters, who cares, but I get particularly annoyed at the frustration when a player is not back from an injury because rehab is hard, all injuries are different, and we don't know. Yep. So, like, you know, it's, it's like when, when people were frustrated with Bakhtiara not being back out there last year, and then he turns out he needed a whole other surgery, and he's having to come back and play like normal, even though his knee doesn't feel normal, which is what happens after surgery. This is all hard, and people like me who you know, never had a real injury like that. Like, you know, fans always get frustrated, but I don't know that, I don't know that that's fair to him. It sounds like to me, he's doing what he needs to do. He is just not ready. Okay. We appreciate that. I assume that take was on like the contract situation as opposed to his recovery, but nonetheless, thank you for clarifying that all. Last question here for you, Ian from Boston, Canada. Yeah. Rab, she kind of a two parter here. One, is it safe to assume that either Jimmy G or Tom Brady will be the quarterback for the Raiders? And then also, is there a front runner for Derek Carr right now? And why is it the Colts? Uh, first, the Colts thing. I would be, as a, at this point, a little surprised if the Colts went the veteran route. Not saying anything about Derek Carr. I'm sure he would do a very good job. He has had really good moments in the NFL. That's great to hear. But after this most recent <laughs> not great situation with Matt Ryan, I would imagine they try to draft one. Yeah, and they would go. They'll be in position to draft one. Uh, that's they, a good way to know. I mean, the, yeah. a guy's going to be a guy. They will the draft. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams go to the draft and get guys like that. Top five, I mean. Yeah. We saw CJ. We can't get number one pick either. I just fucking read. No. Yeah, you could get the next Justin Herbert. We could grab that pick, though, Mm -hmm. put it alongside something else Mm -hmm. that has value currently but might not a year from now. Like a line. No, no, not necessarily that. But anything, anything that we have. And just put that together to go to number one to get stride. That is something we could do. Jim, you could trade Jim, on that team. Right? I think there's a couple roster or salaries that we. I think if you're going to rebuild this thing, which yeah. it sounds like they're going to potentially think about doing, there's some salaries on there that you would maybe want to be like, okay, we appreciate your service, but for whatever reason it didn't work. You remember, we gave up the largest comeback in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just one week after we gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter to nothing mm-hmm. against the Cowboys, and then you guys get fucking 
smacked in the mouth by the New York Giants, which good football team, obviously, but still, we were supposed to be one of those two. And then, like, I think that'll be – so it's, we both need a fresh start. Yeah. So, yeah. Boom. I think that's potentially going to happen. So maybe we go up to one to get Stroud. Who knows? We appreciate you, Ian, joining us. We know you got a busy day. Thank you for the news on DeMar. We will continue to follow for updates as you go, pal. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. And I'm very glad that I have to say some actual real good news today. Yeah, me too. I'm, oh, happy, yeah. I'm happy we all got to experience that, especially coming from you. Uh, no, not that that was a shot, but <laughs> it didn't mean – you crushed it on tailgate takedown. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. In Ohio is a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, a man who's a video game shit stirrer, NBA pundit, COVID survivor, father of 10, AJ Hawk. Hey. How are you doing, pal? Oh, doing great. Uh, Coach P looks great up there on stage. I he does, it. doesn't he? He looks fantastic. We didn't expect the Italian flag to also have the country of Italy in the middle of it, a little mm-hmm. bit of a remix version. Mm-hmm. But this Paisano looks fucking incredible, AJ. You're 100% right. We're lucky he's here. Yeah, he does. Am I, is my video choppy? Yeah, this it's terrible. Very choppy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, in, Let's redo it. All right. This is terrible. From the top? or is that uh, I don't know if we're going all the way from the top because the only person I hadn't introduced was I was going to introduce to AJ saying, hey, how lucky are we mm-hmm. that on this stage is a man who's been coaching football for 15 decades. He was obviously the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts whenever I was punting there. Mm-hmm. Now he's the host of Coach P's Keys. Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck McGoyers. Chuck, we've been talking a lot about the DeMar Hamlin situation and everything like that. I think the next step is what happens with the games, what happens with the teams, what happens with their schedules. It is a lot to be sorted, and I think the proper amount of time has been took by the NFL to let the grieving process take place and for good news to come from the DeMar Hamlin camp out of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Pro Football Talk is tweeting now that there is some ideas on the table for how this will be treated in a way of fairness, I believe, for all teams, especially with the playoff picture and playoff berth, literally a week away at this stage. Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio is reporting the current information we have. Bills, Bengals won't happen. The NFL is currently figuring out how to configure the AFC playoffs without that game. Could an eight team be added to eliminate the bye week for the number one seed? We do not know if that last sentence there is just punditry from Mike Florio and his thoughts of what could be, or if that's from the information that he's getting from the inside source that he definitely has he has been one of the authorities on football information for like two decades at this point for me this is a fascinating answer this is the nfl saying the conversation about the number one seed and what's good is obviously you get home field advantage and everything but that bye week is something that everybody wants Mm -hmm. so if the bye week is what everybody is holding in the highest regards we could eliminate that then everybody loses something that could have potentially been on the table for them we add another team eight teams to this whole thing everybody just plays the afc side a little bit different than the nfc side and we move forward as is that's a fascinating fascinating angle to go about fixing the current issue yeah I do love, Darius, and we talked about this during the break, that the NFL said, okay, we can get more football out of this. Here we go. And it's fair for literally everybody. Yep. I wonder how long it took to get to this potential offer or if this is just Florio kicking this around right now. Yeah, that me. last – it kind of looks like it's him kicking mm-hmm. it around, but, I, I mean, it would be – it would be interesting. It would be fair. I Definitely. think that would be, would be as fair as it can get, I guess, and it would be more football for fans, which um, – would be obviously a good thing coming from a very, very bad thing. But um, 
I don't know. It'd be very, very interesting. It is very interesting. This is, once again, no blueprint, unprecedented. Mm -hmm. The NFL obviously had to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge Dodge. through the COVID era in making up and figuring out what the best answer is. How do we reschedule games? How do we keep everybody safe? We'll play on Wednesday. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll move games to a different place. It's like... They've had to do this in the most recent history, so this isn't completely out of the ordinary of the modern world that we've been living in for the past three years or whatever, but this would be something. Yeah. Eight teams in the AFC make the playoffs. That changes the playoff picture for a lot of people Mm -hmm. all of a sudden going into week 18, more specifically the Pittsburgh Steelers and also the New England Patriots, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much Tony wants to be in the playoffs. I know I definitely don't want to be in the playoffs as a fan of the team and what we've seen, but they also already have a spot open, too. Getting a dance. Yeah, for sure. We're getting anything ready to dance. Anything can happen, you get in a dance. Yeah, anything can happen. Actually, we found out what can happen last the whole year fucking thing. when the Bills had a perfect game against the Patriots. And we can also think about, yeah, they can get in the dance, and for what, four or five days we get to say, nice, you're in the dance. And then that entire next week, you guys just got fucking boat raised. Oh, you're talking about Chiefs. what we would have to do? Exactly. Colts aren't in anymore, so the critiques of the Colts are now, we know we suck. Bingo. What's the future look like? The future's bright, though. Look yeah. at the pick we got. Yeah. Well, you make it to the playoffs, especially in an eight. Eighteen playoff mm-hmm. for the AFC side, yeah, and you just get boat race at the beginning. Everybody's gonna be like, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, it was exactly nice. who we thought was. Gonna be. You guys, you guys are so. Bad. We made the play. You guys, who cares? So, that's a whole conversation. But you, you just yeah, playoff checks are good for the coaches. Great for the coaches. Yeah, I need that. Great for everybody in the building. But this is a fascinating uh, theory that we did not come up with. Mm-mm. Whenever nope. we were no. brainstorming on the thought, uh, joining us now is a man who is a. College football national champion, Wide. Super Bowl champion, Wide. and an internet expert. Yeah. Wide. Hell yeah. Influencer, AJ Hawk. Yeah, AJ! <laughs> this has got to be Florio just throwing it out there, right? Do you yeah. think that's true? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's interesting, interesting proposal. Sense. I never thought of adding an eighth team, but... I feel like that's a lot. Yeah, we never thought of that. I think that's why I was most surprised whenever Connor Connor read it on his phone during a commercial break, read it aloud, and I was like, oh, we hadn't even thought of that or whatever. And then once I saw the way it was tweeted, first thought is, is that Florio or is that his inside source saying, here's some ideas yeah. that are being pitched and maybe float it, you know, like let's see the reaction there. I think coming from your perspective, I think it is a fair thing. I think it is would be a, a fair option. How do you feel about it, AJ, actually? Uh, well, I just I instantly think of, like, logistics. So we have an extra game, right? And it's going to be played at wherever the one seed is. That's where we're going to be played, which is probably Kansas City. Yeah, they have time slate open. Bills would have been, though. Man. Uh-huh. Bills would have been one seed. They win. So do you add one to the NFC, too, to make it fair? Add an eighth team there so there's no buys anywhere? So here's another update from Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio. Paisano Florio. Here's a look at where things currently stand as the scheduling. One, no Bills-Bengals game. Two, NFL figuring out what to do with AFC seeding. Okay. Three, neutral site for AFC championship is possible. Mm-hmm. What, that would take I think, what that field out I think it would be fair because the Bills beat the Chiefs earlier in the season. So, like, the Bills not getting the one seed. The Bills having to go back to Kansas to City. Right. We talked about that way yesterday. We, we said, could you imagine if the Bills what end up having to go to Kansas City? Obviously, for the championship. Yeah. After beating them there already earlier this year. Yeah, and they have the last year. There will be, even though the DeMar Hamlin, that was the scariest thing of all time. Yeah, sure. Scariest thing of all time. So the NFL has to figure this out on the fly, and they will be judged, and people will forget how serious the world was just a couple days ago. People will, as soon as this good news comes out, 
there will be people, and I'm not saying you should be one of these people. There will be people two weeks from now, whenever something happens, that will be like, "Why? Well, remember, they had an eighth team. And remember, they, they chose the, like that whole – there will be people that will judge the NFL very harshly yeah. for everything that happens here. It sounds like they are trying their best to make it a fair yeah. operation. Absolutely. While also not forfeiting any football, which is obviously going to be – I think that's the fairest way, right? You play your way in. That's probably how they're selling this whole thing. And then the last one, expansion of playoff uh, fields to eight teams in AFC and NFC is possible. So it would be both sides, 18. That changes week 18 all of a sudden out of nowhere oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, sure. neutral site gets rid of that conversation, too, of like, oh, if the Bills lose to the Chiefs at Kansas City in the AFC Championship, hmm. well, it should have been in Buffalo. But if they do it at a neutral site, that kind of – X is that out. Where are they going to go? They're going to take that game. To, oh, Detroit's going to be. Andy's, Andy's about right. half. Andy's about halfway through there, and you don't have to. Uh, you know, put those two offense. You don't have to worry about the snow in KC or Buffalo. Are you the Luke Soil host stadium? And you got to. Do we get a suite? Yeah, for that? I think yeah. so. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think it's a good idea, Florio. <laughs> don't you, Darius? All of a sudden, I think this uh, neutral. Talk. The more I'm reading it, I guess I'm going to think about it. Last two minutes, I don't like it. How come? It's kind of Mickey Mouse. It is kind of. Now, you, you know, if they do go to eight, I, I, they'll never go back. Yeah, it, after, and I, that's the other thing. Oh, bummer. Like, more go, football. They go, yeah, we're talking about it. don't have that bye yeah. week, though. For you know, That's something you, you work, obviously, all season for. You know, get that bye See, week the NFL, though, can too. grandstand so hard. Uh, yeah. They can grandstand so hard because this is more football, more games being played for the players. But isn't this the, play, the games you want? You, this, this is what you guys have been working for all years. This is nah, this extra all, game. Like, that is That is literally – it is easily – Fan, you win the what is you win the mob, mob. you win Rome yeah. or something like that. Right. Yes, the does. NFL could very easily, you and know, get a pass right now because this is unprecedented right Correct. now. So whatever they do, right, this would be a great way for them to kind of easy get it in there. And it's like, all Everybody right, this is what it, right? it is. You know what? It was great last year. Let's just stick with it. But I think obviously we had uh, the, the tragic situation um, on the field. But at this point. You, you 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 forfeit the game, you flip a coin, you do whatever it is, you keep the seven teams, and you just go from there. I think all the players, all the coaches would just understand it, the fans as well, and then you just you move on as is. But adding an extra game, you know, taking away home field event, like a neutral site for the AFC Championship. Like That'd be that, crazy. Right? It'd, yeah. be too, it'd be too corporate. It'd be like a corporate Super Bowl, yeah. corporate yeah. AFC Championship right. almost. You but know I mean? to your point, too, in terms of money, like if they're adding for us, if they're adding two games be. on wild card oh. weekend, like that's just they're opening that up to the highest bidder of any of the networks. Like Amazon. All right, yeah, who wants the game? Amazon, you want it. NBC, you guys mm-hmm. want it. Like whoever offers us the most money is going to get this fucking extra game that we didn't think we were going to have. There's been a lot of things we have chatted about on this show where I've been like in my head. I'm like, players are going to hate this. Players are going to hate this. And I'm not saying the players are going to hate this necessarily. Playoff checks are good. There's a whole other team getting playoff checks another week. I mean, there's two potentially. There's so many good teams. Yeah, for NFC too. Yeah, you're right. And you don't get one. You don't get paid for the buy either if you get that. Yeah, if you're the one seed, yeah, which is wild. That is. That's weird. That is. Oh, you did great. Thanks. (laughs) So good. We don't got to fucking pay you. (laughs) But you didn't work. Did you do anything? Did we sell any tickets? Didn't think so. Make it to the Super Bowl. Did any eyes watch you guys? Did any eyes watch you guys? Did we make any money from any revenue stream? No. That's what we thought. Congrats, one seed. You make no money. Yep. We'll see you next week, though. Money goes up next week, though. More eyes, yeah. more money. It does get higher. But the teams that are not seeded number one uh, don't get that check. That was a wild 
development whenever I was there. Yeah, that's absurd. So, so everybody else gets to check. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> why, why we go fourteen? Are we in the building? What do we? What the fuck? This is work. We're still work. We're not work. What is? I we home? did better than everybody else. They make more yeah. money. We do. Oh well, yeah, of course. Oh, that sounds fair. Didn't you guys I, think, based on listening to like Harbaugh talk about the circumstances, that everybody be okay with? You know, this is a no contest. Moving on. Oh yeah, we're going to move forward. Like you said, it's unprecedented. Everybody's going to be cool. With, you throw something like this in there, and you know, if you're down here, if you're in that eight spot or whatever, you're going to be cheering. Hey, we're, we're in the playoffs. But if you're up here and you work your ass off to get the number one seed and have home field advantage, how'd you lose? Yeah, that's the. And then and then they pick that a warm happen. weather venue like Kansas AFC. City or Buffalo. Then they pick a dome, mm-hmm. which is probably what would happen right here in Indiana. But they, I think they geez, pick a dome, geez, and, and then you lose up. that advantage Offense. in late January for an ASC championship game and a home field deal. Yeah, that's why the one seat thing. Like you could see him being pissed, but you can also see how Kansas City could also think like, "Hey, we don't really deserve the one seat just because of the fact that." Well, we don't know. Yeah, because the Bills could have won on to lose that yeah. game, but if they were to have won it in Kansas City, still. You know that, and that's the thing. It's all like questions, but there might not be that much of a corporate event because of how well the Bills and the Chiefs travel. Yeah, that might be fifty. That'd, That'd be, be more like the college football playoff that you were just at. Yeah, Ohio bingo. State, Georgia, which was bananas. I don't know if Lucas Oil Stadium is built the same way as Mercedes Benz Stadium is for sand. It's a little right? in there. It is a little comfortable in the Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh huh. It always wins that like Man, that thing did get when when Peyton came back here. Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Fuck it, was loud. Patriots loud. last year too. That was it was impressively loud. So maybe it's not the building then. Maybe it's just the uh, maybe it's the marks watching. Maybe yeah, I think so. <laughs> maybe it's who maybe it's who they're rooting for. Yeah, true. That's potentially mm-hmm. that'll get fixed. That'll get fixed next ten years or so. What do you think, AJ? We've heard the thoughts of this stage. What are your thoughts <laughs> on it? I think what Chuck's saying, like no contest, we move on. What do they do? Like winning percentage for seeding somehow? I don't. I I assume that is like the most likely option to have. Just as a person. That is strictly a fan at this stage. And players, I feel like I champion players more than anybody else. <laughs> okay. I could see how some people feel as if, well, what the fuck are we working for? We're working to get up in the five seed, six seed. You know, coaches are saying, we literally have not seen our families in three weeks because we've been trying to sneak into this fucking six seed. Now you just open it up to an eight. And it's like, well, situations happen. We got to adjust. And then everybody with a brain goes, like to Darius's point, we do this one time. This is going to become the new standard. Whatever. And then what? Nine? Then ten? Yeah. Then what does the playoffs even matter? Then all of a sudden, a team that's good gets into the playoffs, and they get knocked out by a very average team just because something happens earlier in that game, or a penalty is called. And then do we? Are we going to still maintain the integrity of the playoffs with the good teams making it? If we're getting some shit ones in there, does the season still matter as much if you start adding games and everything like that? This is the same conversation yeah. that's happening with college football playoff as well. For me. This sounds like an answer that is rather fair for the current predicament that we are in, where we cannot play this Bills-Bengals game because of how far we are into the season, how close we are to the playoffs. Because of how serious it was, it had to be postponed. Mm -hmm. It just so happened to happen at a point of the season where there's really no other answers. If they pick this, I would not be upset about it. Nope. I don't know if they will pick this. This sounds like this is just like... Conjecture. Who knows? Like maybe a thought. Maybe they're floating it out there to see how people react to it. But if they were to do this, I would be like, all right, 
I, I think they did okay in this situation, personally. But I do hear I how people could be pissed off that this becomes a new norm. Then what does that mean? Then what does that mean? Then how many losing? How many teams with losing records do you want getting into the playoffs every That's time? already great, a thing, yeah. yeah. Great point, because there was a tweet last night from Siciliano, a uh, person who's been talked about on this show a little bit. The... There's a chance that we have three teams with losing records. Jaguars, Titans, and Buccaneers (laughs) making the playoffs. Only three losing teams in NFL history have made the playoffs in a non-strike season. D-Butt, you almost puked in the mic. What's that mean? Shit ball? I mean, growing up, obviously, the NFL playoffs has always been the best to me because it it was the – like the NBA, like half the league gets into the playoffs, and it's like, you know, the first round. Like NFL playoffs, that's why we say, all right, if you get into it, you get in the dance, anything can happen. Because you have to play well at some point. Sometimes you may start off shitty and you get hot late in the season, you start playing well. Like I would just hate to see the NFL playoffs continue to be watered down. More football, yeah, but like that's it's a reason why you're playing through the shit you play through to get to that point. So. I just would want to keep, Gotta keep it. it up on a pedestal. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of it going to seven, honestly. Going to seven teams. I liked it. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, money talks, and um, that's that's really the bottom line. Do you line. think that, AJ? Do you think it gets kind of knocked down a couple ledges if we end up doing that? Does it dilute? Not this year, they're going to do what they got to do. Yeah, this, yeah. But if, if it goes on to be the thing, going, I think you agree with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, they got to do what they got to do. But if this just becomes the new norm, does it dilute it? And is the reason why people think it's diluted? It's just like, they start here. Where will it continue to go? Is that what you think everybody's thinking? Yeah, obviously, like you said, this year is different completely. Whatever they do this year. But, yeah, moving forward, yeah, I don't, I don't think, as of right now, I don't like diluting the playoffs like that because I think there's such a big deal. It's, it's such a big thing. Like D-Butt said, I feel like half the NBA or more than half the NBA is in the playoffs. Like, it needs to – we need to keep it special somehow. Well, that's like the Pro Bowl. You start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. There's like 17, 18 quarterbacks at the Pro Bowl. It's yeah. like, all right, is this the – And if you've got seven and ten teams getting into the playoffs, like that just looks weird, I think. I don't think it's good for their no. – I, I understand why you guys feel that way. Once again, as a fan, though. More football. Oh, more football. Great. I yeah. agree. Go ahead, but Tone. If, uh, Jags more and, playoff checks as well, agreed. which we will wrap. But if the Jags and Bucks win this weekend, there's zero – uh, teams with losing records that are getting into the playoffs this year. So it's kind of like... Yeah, the Jags have to win to get in. Nah, yeah, or if Jags. the Steelers, if, Dolphins, and Patriots all lose, they get in. And they lose. Well, and if it moves yeah. to eight, yeah. then there's yeah, a then lot. There's a whole Chuck, your thoughts. I, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. As a man who has obviously been in the NFL in so many different facets, both as coordinator, assistant, head coach, what? worked with the league for what? a while, so you've seen it all from all angles. They make it eight. To Darius's point, they're going to keep it eight forever. We all know that. How are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, we know what the almighty dollar, what drives the whole thing. Could you imagine, like, next week they go, hey, who wants to bid for this two extra playoff games that we have on super wild card weekend? It's like Amazon. Bezos would throw Uh a billion dollars from his yacht. Do I get this every single year? Yeah, we'll kick it off with you guys every single year. Sounds good. All right. There you go, right into the bank accounts mm-hmm. of the NFL. Boom, boom, boom. Actually, and then there's another game. There's still another game that's happening on Sunday. Like, it hey, is crazy. Two owners get next games, too. You two guys, AJ knows how hard and difficult it is to win a game, let alone enough games, to be a number one seed, to win a division, get in the tournament, and now we're just going to start handing out you know, participation trophies. I mean, and we're going to reward yeah. medi- <laughs> mediocrity. No, uh, it was. Seriously. Is everybody getting nobody, a ring for making playoffs, too? Oh, right, wow. Nobody's going to, because of You're the right. circumstances, this year. this year, because of that, 
nobody's going to argue anything that happens. They're going to say, okay, whatever you guys decide to do, and, and everybody can put out their stuff and plant seeds and, and you know, Roger's head, Troy Vincent's head, and they're, they're going through all the, they're smart. Until something comes out of 345 Park Avenue and we got a memo from Roger Goodell, that's when we'll actually know exactly what's going Oh, you're what's saying there's down. a lot of times where there's speculation and the NFL doesn't yeah, do what anybody. I mean, that's what everybody loves to do, right? Yeah. But, I, I, but personally, I don't think that you can sit there and start rewarding you know, teams that didn't earn the right over a 17-game season to make the playoffs. Yeah, because what does the regular season become? Just yeah. like I uh, have to kind of get through it. Then you see no. a lot more rest in the players. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you guys said, load management it, comes in there. Yeah, load oh, management comes in. It, you're right. That is what the fear is. Yeah. No, if, and if it did go to eight, though, you go back to uh, one and two seeds both getting a bye, so there's an extra benefit to being the one and two seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's less football, right? It'd be the same football as now. Less games to broadcast. Yeah. But then they'll find a way. Which is what we're all assuming is the driver behind this. Five or six would be weird, too, just the look of it. Because four would play seven and three would play. We'd all get used to it, just like a 33-yard extra point. I mean, everybody gets used to everything. But we do have to be in the position of projecting what we think could be the downfall of this. And I think diluting something is not always a great thing. How do you you think they come to this final uh, say-so? Is this like a competition committee thing? Like coaches get on a conference call? Like how to just ride, just Troy? There's a ton of smart, big brain dudes at 345 Park. And they'll sit down and they'll go through all the scenarios, figure out what's Are they in like a conference room? Like a, a desk, you think? Glass? Glass windows, yeah, succession. They set the table. Scene for us? They've, got, they've got plenty of space. You think Roger Goodell loose meet. tie? Yep. You think jacket over there? We're not mm-hmm. leaving until we figure this out. M&Ms. Is that what's happening? You think? Like, I don't know exactly which room. It'll be. They got a few floors over there in that building that they uh, they work out of. Um, yeah, they're they're going to get together. A lot of smart people, like I said, they're going to make a decision. I wonder how know, many ideas they floated. I, I wonder if any ideas that got like. I don't want to say any ideas we came up with, but I wonder if, like, everybody in the room's job is like, hey, come with ideas, and then we're going to figure out what the best one is. Mm -hmm. And then some people are probably pitching ideas that they would like to see. Like a writer's room. Like a writer's room for a show or something. Don't you think that's how it should be? And they're probably saying, like, this has already been floated by Florio. Here's the reaction to this from our fans. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of that. Yeah. like That's the room. Is this – is that – is that going down right there, you That's think, Chuck? That's at the NFL headquarters. Bunch of people I mean, bouncing. It's not very balls. It's not I, very I, intimate. I, don't know. I, I wasn't in that room ever. What if they were in just – I was not in that room ever. <laughs> 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 all right. Let's take a executive level room. We will all look on on what happens and who makes the decision, how they make them. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who every word that he says captivates millions and millions of people. His job is to go on to television and make magic. His job is to go onto a microphone and let the world know how they should be thinking about things, even though it might not be what they want to hear. This man has created the take show recipe. This man has created what everybody wants to become in television. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the first take, host of the No Mercy podcast, which, hey. Hell yeah. Unreal. It's going. Mm-hmm. Big time. And as of January 17th, this man is an author. I don't know if you wrote any books before. I should have done more research. That's on me. I'm not as professional as he is. Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. That author, legend, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah! yeah. What's up, fellas? 
What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Hey. How's everything? Hey, things are great. How about you? You're crushing it. This No Mercy podcast got a new studio. Are you in a new studio right now, Stephen Woo. A? Yeah, yeah, this, is, this is a home studio that I'm building. So oh. this is in my home. So I like this. I'll be doing it from various places, but this is one of the places I'll be doing it. I've been doing a podcast since September, uh, but obviously working for ESPN, they needed me to wait until January to go to video. And so as of January 9th, this Monday, I'll be on video now. So maybe I'll have a snowball's t- chance in hell of competing with you, Pat. <laughs> well, be, maybe. maybe. No, maybe. No, we're all trying to keep up with you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks a lot, bro. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate y'all. Hey, so How y'all doing? No, Happy no. We're, we're great. I didn't plan on diving into this, but have to do this. Happy New Year to you as well. This is your right. show or ESPN show? You own this show? No, this, no, this is mine. I own it. Let's I go! Hell yeah! Hey! hey. Yeah, everything. I, I own a lock, stock, and barrel. It's my content. It's my podcast, or what have you. Because I work for ESPN, there was a negotiation that had to, t- to had to take place to get out of the constraints uh, within my contract. But ESPN was uh, extremely cooperative and very, very helpful. I've got a great relationship with Jimmy Pataro, and he was more than kind enough to to allow me to do this, even though it was a negotiation. Nevertheless, I'm here and I'm doing my own thing, and it's not a sports podcast. Uh, you know, it's I touch on politics. I talk. I touch on pop culture and entertainment i'm not limited and that's the reason why if it was just sports it would be something for espn because it doesn't get much better than that in the world of sports but to me i didn't want to be limited and confined to the world of sports it was important to me to be able to extend my expand my horizons and step out beyond that because there's a lot of politics social issues pop culture and entertainment kanye west to Kyrie, the list goes on and on i like to be able to talk about all of it and not be limited by it and i couldn't do that doing a sports podcast for ESPN. So it was important for really? me to own and operate my own. Because I thought there was a time there where that was almost being promoted at some sports networks, not just ESPN, but everywhere. Was that something that you thought you wanted to do more of because they were telling you to do more of there for a time? Or was there a conversation about you should do less politics on ESPN? Or did you just feel like it wasn't the right time or place and you're looking for the right time or place and that's on No Mercy where you can really dive in a little bit deeper? Or how'd that all come about, you think, with I'm, you? I'm, I'm, I've never been an aficionado when it comes to the world of politics or even social justice issues, but I've always had a passion for current news. I've been a journalist my entire career. And so for me, I've always paid attention to what's going on in the world of news. I started my career off at the New York Daily News. I went from there to the Philadelphia Inquirer, where I got promoted about nine times and ended up being a general sports columnist. What? Before I got into television and all of that. And so for me, I've always been about what's percolating. What matters to the masses is what matters to me. When Jimmy Pitaro came on board, obviously he made a concerted effort for us not to get into politics per se. And I want to tell you that I stood up and support him on that, and I still do, because we did get to a point over the years at ESPN where it was too much polit- politics. It was the politiz- politicization of too many different things. And with the sports fan got to a point where they were sending a message that they didn't feel like their needs were being met. And so Jimmy Pitaro comes on board and he instantly addressed that. And I supported that because I think people have a right to get what they tune in to see from you. My argument, however, was, yes, I will give you that. But when I step away and I have other interests, there's nothing wrong with that either. And then the argument was that I was such a big name that whenever you say Stephen A. Smith, that's synonymous with ESPN. Well, I'm proud to be I'm proud. I'm proud to be a member of ESPN. Please don't get me wrong. And when it comes to sports, I have no issue with it whatsoever. But if I feel some way about a presidential election or something a politician is doing or something that's going on in the streets of America, 
that's my personal opinion. And I think one of the things uh, that, that people had a struggle uh, really, really expressing to the brass is that when you muzzle everybody, any little opinion that emanates from ESPN, everybody thinks it's everybody, it's all of us. Yeah. And that's not the case. Pat McAfee does a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I mean, that's an A-list pickup for us doing college football, okay? Oh, thanks, man. Pat McAfee, yeah, I truly mean that. I truly mean that. You're exactly what it, what we needed. But Pat McAfee and Kirk Herbstreet think differently. You might think differently than Reese Davis. You might think differently than Desmond Howard. You might think differently than Stephen A. on certain issues. Why is it that we can't stand on our own and make sure everybody understands these opinions are not reflective of the network. They're just mine. And in order to do that, you have to separate yourself from it to send that message. And that's what I did. Hey, congrats on the evolution mm-hmm. there, man. Politics numbers are big. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, you're owning that whole thing? Those politics <laughs> numbers. <gasps> Go. People get real passionate about it. They're not going to be able to separate you as the, you know that, you know that though, right? Well, I mean, they, they, they try to, you know, they, they may try to lump me in, but I'm going to make a concerted effort to make sure that happens. Like, Got for it. example, I'm, I'm a fair minded person. And so I think about fairness. If there's something that I want to get into that I think is too political or whatever, I'd be like, this is first take. This is not the platform for that. You can check me out on No Mercy, though. Got but it. here on this platform, That's I'm going to give you what you mm-hmm. expect. And that's what I try to deliver to my viewers, listeners, and everybody in between. It's smart business by both you and Jimmy Pataro, I believe, and especially yes. because you're Stephen A. Smith. Be who you can afford to be. You have yes. earned the right to be able to do a lot different than everybody else, you know, because there's going to well, be – I think you have – I would tell you this. I would tell you – yeah, but I would tell you this. I, I want to take a moment to give you props for that because, you know what, as a former NFL player, you come onto the scene and you come into this business. You know, it wasn't me. But there's a lot of people that, that's jealous of Pat McAfee. There's a lot of people that wish they were Pat McAfee and they wish that they were in your position. And you know what? They pay attention to the opportunities that you get, but not the work that you put in to get it. And they didn't pay attention to the sacrifices that you make. And more importantly than anything else, the bravery that you had to bet on you. And that's one of the things that to me, as a guy who's getting to know you better and better every day, what I love about you is that you're a guy that take chances on you. You believe in you, and you'd be surprised how many of us, including the person you're listening to right now, lack the courage to do that over many years. I was scared to go out on my own. I was raised by West Indian parents, and my mother, God rest her soul, was about putting in the work, punching that clock, going to work every day, getting the job done, going home, saving your money, invest what you can, and have a pension or something along those lines. Uh, Pat McAfee of this world is like, wait a minute, that's there's got to be more to life than that. And you go for it. And suddenly people are looking at you and the resentment kicks in because they're looking at the opportunity that you're getting, but they're not appreciating the work that you put in and the courage you had to exude and display in order to take that chance on yourself. And people like you are what helped me say, F this, I'm going to bet on me. I believe in me. Well, obviously, that was incredibly kind and nice of you, and I'm incredibly uncomfortable right now. But that was fucking very cool of you to say, because I have a lot of I have a lot of respect and appreciation for you, and I think that that you can check the tape. We've always had it. What you did for sports media is amazing, and I assume what you're going to go on to do to World News World media yeah it's gonna yeah. be the same damn thing you're a talent Stephen a and i'm happy Thanks, that you're gonna go experience what entrepreneurialism is like because i think you are gonna have 
smashing success. But thank you so much for those words. That was very fucking yeah. cool. I will remember that forever. I wish I could take that off and hang it on the refrigerator. That is very, very nice of you. AJ has a question well, for well, you. Well, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'll hang it on my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Stephen, AJ. Stephen, hey, a quick pivot. I know uh, there's reports out there that uh, – what Sean McVay is getting courted again by some networks to, to leave the coaching sidelines and come into the booth. What do you think about that? Coaches possibly leaving a head coaching position in the NFL to go take a gig with a network. Split, split, uh, split emotions. Um, on one hand, speaking specifically of Sean McVay, on one hand, he's a champion, so he's earned the right to do what he wants. On another note, I would have much rather preferred that you did it last year as opposed to the way y'all stunk up the joint this year. Yeah, and then you leave. I don't like the fact that if, if he ended up doing that, I don't want to remember Sean McVay as somebody that couldn't make the playoffs and won four or five games in the 17-game season. I want to remember him as that champion that walked out of SoFi Stadium as a Super Bowl champion beating the Cincinnati Bengals and coaching his butt off the way that he did. Uh, but he's earned the right to do whatever he wants to do, and I wish him nothing but the best. Really nice guy, by the way. Um, in terms of coaches, players, or anybody else that get into the stratosphere – I would say the same thing that I'd say to anybody else. Be qualified. And qualification doesn't always mean, you know, going to school and having this degree. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing what the craft entails, knowing the work that has to be put in in order to succeed and committing yourself to do just that. You can't get over it in this business for but so long. If you're a fake, phony-ass person, it ain't going to last. If you're somebody that's duplicitous and you're trying to figure out a way to cut corners, you're not going to last. People like y'all put in the work every day. I listen to y'all whenever I can. The energy does not dissipate. What you get, and that's why Pat McAfee is so important, when you see him with World Wrestling Entertainment, when you see him on college football game day, when you see him jumping in the ponds and swimming and shit like that, you do all of this stuff going on. When you see all of this, the consistency is in the energy and the passion. He sells you his knowledge along with you, AJ, and others. But what happens is it's the energy. There's no dip. When I go on first take every day, Stephen A. shows up. That's my job. And you got a lot of people that come from the world of sports and they think it's going to be easy and they think they're just talking. You got to do your research. You got to do your homework. And you got to pay attention to what other people are saying so you can make sure you're not regurgitating other people's comment, mimicking what they say or worse, not know what the hell you're talking about and think that you're going to slide under the radar and collect the check. It's not going to last. It's far more serious and intense than people realize. You got to be ready for it. A lot of people think they are. But trust me, they ain't. Well, that's an incredible monologue there about what people need to hear. Because when I retired, you know, yeah. boy, I got much more busy, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I did not expect. <laughs> I did not expect. Without, and then I accidentally signed up for Thursday Night Football to call their Thursday Night Football games. Mm-hmm. The amount of time and travel and investment in teams that I will probably never talk about again. No way. The amount of investment that you have to, but you have to do that sort of homework so that when you're on the microphone, you can have some sort of confidence and have some sort of direction when you're speaking. It is, it's a lot, it's a lot easier, okay, than laying bricks and would never ever in the military and everything like that. But it is a lot of fucking work. And I think to your point, once again, you complimented me again, so fucking stop it. But (laughs) once, okay, but when when we're watching people like you, like others, it's very obvious right? It's very obvious. Yeah. Who is just doing like a simple thing right now? And I think negativity 
is a real easy way to get clicks. It's a real easy take, too. I think having, mm -hmm. like, a sophisticated, maybe a different look at it is much harder. Mm -hmm. It takes more research. You have to look into some more stuff. Yeah. And that's why I think you've had such great success because a lot of people say, oh, Stephen A is the – that don't like Stephen A. He's the guy that yells. It's like, yeah, he's definitely loud and he has energy, but you listen to what's coming out of his mouth. We got some very valid points, and that's why right. you've had the success that you've had. If you just yelled mm -hmm. bullshit, it wouldn't work. Let's talk yeah. about this morning, okay? Right. Okay, let's talk, about, right. let's talk about this morning, Stephen A. All sure, right? sure. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful new set over there. Hey, oh, yeah. mercy. Gorgeous. That's a beautiful set. I hope, I, hope that, I hope that gets displayed whenever you're being, you know, phoned in to first take. Because whenever they decided for first take to become the Stephen A show with Molly kicking ass. But have no, just have a rotating cast come in and talk to Stephen A, more Stephen A. We thought that was good news. This is a good oh, idea. Oh, yeah. Put this guy yeah. up against a lot of people. We have a little bit more diversity in this whole thing. Yeah. And Stephen A will shine through it all. We fucking love first thing. We watch it every day. Every, every day. day on the big board. Thanks big board. Uh -huh. Four TVs. Well, this morning. I, no, no, Stephen A. This sure, morning. Sure. What do you yeah. say? What did you say this morning? You go. About Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. yeah are you, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, when you go, hey, Aaron. Shut up, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to hear you talking about you maybe being done after this game on. Shut up. You used to be a bad man. And then you become a bad man. You got a big game this Sunday against the Lions. Right. And now we're hearing you talk about potential football life ending. Right. Shut up, Aaron Rodgers. You're making it. That's what you said this morning. What happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, what actually, happened? Actually, 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 quote me accurate. I told him to shut the hell up. Oh! <laughs> okay, that's number one. That's I number I got one. it all right. Number, no, it number, right. number two, let me say this to you. I have been accused at ESPN for years for having a man crush on Aaron Rodgers. Us too, yeah. I think this brother is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And I hope that you replay this for him. I hope that you replay this for him. Well, I don't know if he's going to listen. Uh -huh. You told him to shut uh -huh. the hell up. I, 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 I got, I got. Let me explain. Let me explain. Uh -huh. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest talent I've ever seen at the quarterback position in my life. And I understand everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes, but longevity matters to me. When he puts in another 8, 10 years of that, come talk to me. But Aaron Rodgers has been doing this for years. Uh -huh. The reason why I went ballistic about Aaron Rodgers this morning is because – you haven't been yourself. Last couple of years, you know, you gave a press conference before last season about not wanting to be there and why you had felt that way and some of the things that Green Bay had put you through through the years, which I happen to know I felt they didn't lack respect for him. They lacked appreciation for him. They took him for granted. They rolled his coattails and his shoulders for years. The nerve of them to be remotely disrespectful to him. All of those things I've expressed about the Green Bay Packers. Great promo here. But, but the bottom line is this. But the bottom line is this. This year, for the, for the first two-thirds of the season, y'all sucked. Period. Agreed. And Aaron Rodgers had a, role to, had a role to play in that. Now, over the last four weeks, I think that he's played very well. I think he's reminded us of the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. So we're one game away before the playoffs are to begin after you went 4-8 and eight and your team was stinking up the joint. And you sitting there, well, the memories were nice. And, yeah. I mean, if this is it, this is it. Excuse me. Excuse my language. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I'm, I'm looking at you, and I'm saying, look, man, even at 8 and 8, 9 and 8, you get to the playoff. They got to deal with Aaron Rodgers. 
And I don't care about who lost, how many playoff games you lost before. You're Aaron freaking Rodgers. Excuse me. You get in, it's a game changer. It's a different ballgame. We talk about the pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys. We talk about the complete team, the Philadelphia Eagles, at least were before Jalen Hurts went down. We can talk about Christian McCaffrey arriving in San Francisco. Debo's going to come back. San Francisco's going to be X, Y, and Z. Let me tell you something. You can't dismiss no Aaron Rodgers. No, no. That brother's something special. So when I feel this way about him, and I've been articulating this for years, and after the season you have, and you're going to sit up there, oh, yeah, the memories have been nice. I mean, if we lose, we lose. I mean, we control our destiny. But, you know, if it happens, to me, that reeks of life goes on. I'm going to be all right. I got my bag, the $50 million per year. Now, he deserves it. He's earned it. And I ain't hating on it. I love it. Love the fact that he is. But what I'm seeing is when you got fans like me, who is a fan of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. I want that brother like this. We here. You shouldn't have let us get here. Ooh. Y'all in the damn trouble because here we come. That's what I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers. And I ain't hear that. Well, oh, the, the, come on, man. Steven, I want to hear that, Pat. Steven, I, I, hear that. I think two ayahuasca trips ago, maybe. Yeah. You'd hear that. You know what I mean? He's a little different man at this stage. He operates differently. He was asked, too, about it. I think he was asked about it, so he gave a thoughtful and open answer. But I could see how you would want him to have, hey, let's have a little bit more. Hey, what are your thoughts on this maybe being? I want this. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I could see that, and I wouldn't oh, mind. Yeah. I want this. If he, with that new haircut, comes out and cuts a promo, and he's like, I ain't worried about any of that right now. I'm worried about the Detroit Lions, the brand new Lions right. with MCDC. We right. win, we get in, we're playing our best ball. I could hear that, too. I understand. You seem to be a little bit aggressive, though, with the shut the hell. You know, you're because uh, of him. You're a little because it's him. I love this guy. Okay. All these people talking to me, like, you know, you know how much stuff this guy has had to deal with. You got his brother on the Bachelor talking nonsense years ago about him. You, oh, yeah. you got people all in this business about about his women, knowing you wish you were with the with them instead of him. You talk, you find every excuse to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I've been the one sitting there. Y'all shut the hell up. This is the best. Hey, it's somebody special. Y'all mind your business. And then he come on the air. Oh, you know, we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a nice ride. What? I do not want to hear that yeah, from it. Aaron Rodgers. I got it. You, no. said, you said he's making it hard for you to continue to do this whenever you display things that prove everybody else's point. I got it. I understand exact. I understand what you're doing. We'll see how the game goes. Excited to hear how he reacts to all of this. Probably next Tuesday. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, right here. Can't wait for it. Ty has a question for you. Owner of the Green sure. Bay Packers. Yeah, Stephen A., that was awesome. Loved hearing that. Uh, going back to something you said a little bit earlier about when you show up on the set of First Take, like you're Stephen A. and you know exactly what you need to do. You, you never have an off day, to your point. But, you know, for uh, like us, we've only been doing this a couple years now. Obviously, haven't done it day in and day out like you have. We always talk about competitive stamina. How do you ha- continue to have that competitive stamina when sometimes you go and it's like, shit, you know, I, I don't want to talk about anything today or I don't want, you know, or whatever the topic is at hand that day. Like, I don't want to get into a spirited debate about something. Like, how do you kind of flip that switch every single day? Maybe if you going in know, like, shit, I, I don't have my A game today. Well, a couple of things. Number one, I remember one of my – colleagues once said about me said that when the lights come on I'm just different you know it's like the (laughs) lights are on and people expect you know a quality product and I'm going to give it to them and I'm not going to fake it because you can't sustain 
fakeness. Fakeness is going to ultimately reveal itself to be fake and then you'll crumble. And so for me to try to be the best that I can be, particularly when the lights come on. I mean, I got close to 500,000 people watching me live on linear television. I've averaged, I've, I've averaged every morning. I've averaged over one point, over 1.5 billion views on YouTube per year. For the last and, and so I realize that I'm in the eye of the storm. And then I take into account the role that I have because I'm at ESPN and because of my contract and because of what I've accomplished. Even the bosses tell me I'm the face of the network. And so there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. And I know that. But to answer the question directly, the biggest thing that I've done is make sure that I'm surrounded with people that I love working with. I think Molly Karam is phenomenal. Um, Swagoo, Marcus Spears, Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin, Mad Dog, Christopher Roos, Dan Olavsky, you know, uh, Ryan Clark, and all the contributors that come on. They're not just colleagues. They're personal friends who I love dearly and I would do anything for, and that's just to name a few. And so think about y'all going to work every day. It helps that you're surrounded with people you're cool with. Oh, yeah. You like being around. Hold on to that for dear life because I got news for you. No one likes everyone they work with in corporate America. Nobody. We all got to tolerate people we don't give a shit about, but we got to work with that day. Okay? And for me, the most fortunate part of my job is that I don't have that. Everybody that I work with, I got love for. And they got love for me. And we all assist each other in trying to make each other thrive. Well, you guys are doing a great job. I got to watch you uh, walk into that seaport one time. Sunglasses <laughs> on, I believe. AirPods right. <laughs> were in. Jacket yeah. on. I was in the green room in the back. There's like a little turn. And then the right. green room's in the back. I saw this dude turn the corner. And I've never seen a cooler fuck ever in my <laughs> life. I was, that, was, that was my first time seeing you like walking in. I think you gave right. like a cool dap up to somebody as you walked yeah. by. Then you went into your first take studio or whatever. And I was like, geez, this dude is literally levitating through here. You, <laughs> I don't want to say that you've kind of put the daytime on your back, but oh, yeah. you and Greeny definitely have. And it has been fantastic to watch. I know you don't have a lot of time left, but Darius wants to get a question in here sure. about <laughs> something you know a lot about, which is the association. Yeah, I gotta I gotta pivot to basketball because we have I'm not tapped in yet. Won't be until February after the Super Bowl is over. But okay. have been watching KD, Kyrie, Coach Vaughn, mm-hmm. and out there the Nets, and that'll probably be my pick to win it all this year if they can figure it out. I know you had you know a lot of, a lot to say about some of those players on the team and that team. Yeah. How's your feelings there? And do you like their title chance? If not them, who else are you feeling can make a run? Well, first of all, a couple of things. Number one, I know we're running out of time, so here's the deal. You want me to come back and talk to you about the NBA in a few months? I'm happy to do that. That's hey, okay. No, 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 number two, I'll do that for you, number one. Number two, I meant every goddamn word I said when I was saying it. <laughs> yep. Whether it's about Kyrie, KD, or anybody else. I didn't stutter, I didn't yep. back up, and that's still the case. Okay. Having said that, you notice I never question their greatness mm-hmm. as talent. Kyrie is sensational. Without question. KD is an MVP candidate, one of the best players on the planet. I believe when healthy, he is the best on the planet. He's just a scoring machine. There is no matchup for him. I look at Brooklyn, however, I think they're a bit thin on their front line. They can beat anybody. But to ensure that they would beat a Boston or Milwaukee, which I'm not sure they would do at this particular moment, I still think they would take Milwaukee. I don't know if they'll take – I don't believe they'll take Boston. I think that Boston with Tatum, with Brown, with with, with Robbie, you know, Robert Williams coming back. 
And, you know, he's at the center position with Marcus Smart, with right. the pickup of Brogdon, with, with, with White and those brothers, right. and them Missoula. being fresh in the NBA Finals. Missoula's doing a hell of a job, mm-hmm. and we'll see whether or not that continues West once Virginia. other coaches figure him out. He's not Ime Udoka, but he might be. The bottom line is this. Well, I look at Boston as the best team. They obviously swept Brooklyn last year in the postseason in the first round. That don't, I don't believe that would happen this go-round. Brooklyn, I believe, needs a little bit more girth on their front line. They need to just got, find a big body that's just there to bang. That's what they need. Somebody that can move bodies. They got everything else. And I think Jacques Vaughn's doing a hell of a job. Right. I think he's doing a hell of a job. And he's a coach of the year candidate. Ooh. All right, we'll go put every dollar we have on that. Thank you, Steve, yep. Yep. for the recommendation. Uh, we can't wait to chat with you, hopefully, in a couple months, whenever you yeah. come back. Good luck with No Mercy. Good luck with the book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Hardcover coming out January 17th, 2023. If you want to learn about the life of a man who has transcended sport and sports media in a beautiful fashion, the book comes out January 17th. Thank you so much, Stephen A. I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. See you soon, Pat. Hey, you said a lot of very nice things about me. I would like to reciprocate all of them and then some. You are the man. Happy New Year, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah! That's too much, sir. Yeah, that was incredible. That was we a lot. might have to somehow print that out on one of those, oh, yeah. you know, mobile frames. Yeah, you could do that and put it on your fridge so you can, you like know, anytime NFT unmute or... it. That was really nice. He was talking about us as a whole whenever he's talking about that. But certainly, we have rattled some things. I think in some places. Yeah, I don't think so. Take uh, take a little credit here. Team doesn't doesn't, <laughs> out. doesn't happen without you know the team. Obviously, got to have a good team around you. And what he said there about working with people that you like. Oof. Like, that is a big deal. For sure. That's why. That's, that, that's yeah. the only deal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's Love why you it. haven't seen us hire, really, mm-hmm. at all. Because could add somebody that's great and fits in perfectly. Certainly could. Certainly yeah. could. I think we're a good group. I think there is people that could fit in and match in really well and handle them. But if you don't, then I, as the first senior leadership here, would have to deal with the exit of said person as well. With balancing, obviously, so many different things. It's like, I don't want to sign up for that. And that's, yeah. that's thinking very negatively. But it's just, in this particular role that I currently have, have to think about that every once in a while, which I hate doing. But that has certainly scared the shit out of me out of hiring anybody yeah. as of late. And it's, you know, Dirty came in here fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Dirty came in and was incredible. We appreciate the hell out of you, Dirty. Mitt came in strictly because it's like, all right, I've known this fuck since yeah. he was 12. He'll be able to figure it out. He's been there before, but that's a scary thing to do. Congrats to Stephen A. being around everybody in corporate America that he likes. It seems like he's got it set up over there at Seaport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of hours. A lot of hours we have spent. That's the thing is, you know, I mean, it's been basically the same people from they since you retired and started this. Like, it's just asking someone to come in and, you know, if it wasn't someone like D-Butt who you already knew incredibly mm-hmm. well and was cool to us from the get-go like it just and didn't suck like he doesn't yeah, suck no, yeah shock doesn't suck. E- exactly but it's aq right? he sucks <laughs> but it's AQ like fi- awesome. it's five, awesome. five to six years of every single day multiple hours like building chemistry and like it, it's just it's almost impossible to imagine someone coming in and being able to just pick it up and and run with it that's why going into game day was something yeah that's mm-hmm. why i felt obligated to go to those production room meetings on fridays which i I said this yesterday, like, didn't have to do. Part of the contract did not have to be there for that whole thing. Negotiate that in there because I didn't want to miss any of this particular show. But then once you start, like, learning about who's behind the scenes, it's like, 
been there 20 years, been there 20 years, 15 years, <laughs> 27 years. Okay, eight years. Wow, you haven't been here that long. Eight years. A doctor. That's yeah. a doctorate. That's how long it takes, basically. It's like I should probably try to get in here and introduce these people to who I am because chemistry is the most important thing, I think, in anything for the success of anything. Chuck, whenever a player comes in, you know they're not good for your culture. How quickly do you recognize it, and how do you change it? Can you try to change the person, or do you know when you know? Yeah, you know, but the locker room knows. The players, you guys know before we know. Because sometimes we get blindsided because of the talent and this, that, and the other. But if there's somebody, it's, it's like you got cancer in your arm, you know, and the doc says, okay, you can keep your arm, uh, but you're going to live six months. All right, we can take the arm, mm-hmm. and you're going to live till you're 95 years old. What are you going to do? Take the arm. You got all of us would have sign to. up and say, take the arm. I'll, mm-hmm. get, I'll do whatever I have to do, but I want to live. So chemistry is huge. Can you imagine the hours you got to your point that you spend here together and you're working around a bunch of assholes? The, the you know, guys that you, you walk into, like, if, if there's a player or two and they're, and they're everywhere, right? And, you know, we all got a Lulu in our family. Hey, Lulu's coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, right when you, th- yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right when you think that, you know, you may be the Lulu as well. Yeah, so yeah. you got to make sure your shit's in order. You don't order. have one, it's you, buddy. You, you know, but, but, that, but that's real. Because you're walking in a building and say, God, I don't want to be around this dude for the next eight hours. So what you build here and what you build, like our coaching staffs and the people, we, there's a bunch of us. And I couldn't imagine being around people that I did not like, you know, let alone trust and their brains and what they're doing and they've got your back and all that loyalty stuff. But can you imagine going into a place? How do you measure that? How do you measure that, AJ? Like it's combine. Because we talk about it when it comes to a team because we've been on this same page for a long time. Like I want to know the team like last night. I saw the video from the night before the NFC Championship game for the Philadelphia Eagles back in aught 18 or whatever. Yep. And they're playing Meek Mill's dream or Meek Mill dreams and nightmares. And I think we had already known that was kind of their song, but it hadn't blossomed yet. I think that next day in the NFC Championship game, it was going to become a full show. I think that's when we all kind of learned about that being the they were playing it in a team meeting room the night before the NFC Championship game. This video came out night before championship game. I, I thought you'd be in a hotel. They're clearly in a team meeting room here, so I don't know how they're handling it all. But the whole place is jumping. Yeah. That's the night before an NFC. Good vibes. You know how big of a game that is? Yeah. Do you know how yeah. nervous people could be? Instead, I think that's LeGarrett Blunt over there jumping on his way in. There's coaches in the back. There's another angle coming out, jumping and bouncing alongside of it. It's like that team way too tight to lose. If you're, and by tight, I mean like a group, not tight as in like mm-hmm. nervous, like – how do you find that? I wonder. I honestly, we have this conversation a lot, and I'm not sure we found the answer yet. How do you find? How do you know? I don't know how you can. Well, Wouldn't you think that. Chuck could answer better? But I would imagine coming out of when you're like, say, you're talking to guys at the combine. Hey, would this guy be a good fit in our locker room? I would imagine you you have to trust like the trainers, the different people that that person dealt with. Talk to some of their teachers, some of the professors, possibly. And then if you have a good relationship with their coaches if they're going to shoot you straight and let you know for real what this person's really like. I'm thankful that the Colts didn't do any of that. I never went to class and the professors <laughs> would have no that's, idea. That, that's real because we get a 15-minute interview at the Combine. What are you going to find out in 15 minutes? Because one guy goes, hey, give us your background. So if this guy had some stuff in his life and he's got two or three red flags, you know, 14 minutes has gone by. He's trying to explain, hey, mm-hmm. I didn't touch her. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I was he's drunk. Going, yeah. He's going through this whole deal, right? I was drunk in public. So, I meant to be drunk in a bar. To, I had to do that. Someone's supposed to be watching my back uh, pee. Yeah, I went. There was an alley. They shut down every bathroom in the entire city. What am I supposed to do? It's <laughs> 2 a.m., bro. Penny pitchers. 
And but okay, those scouts, not, the scouts that are on the road, you know, for the whole mm-hmm. fall, we get those 15 minutes, but it's your scouts. It's your personnel department that they go and they scour. And they're going to talk to the coaches. They're going to, and a lot of time the coaches aren't going to say anything negative. They can't. Because yeah. if that gets back and then it comes, becomes a recruiting issue, gets back to a high school, hey, this guy bad mouth. So those guys can't, so, ah. but you got to dig. So go to the class. Go to a professor. Go to the, sure, go to the chow hall. Go to, the, hey, go to somebody that cooks for these kids and say, hey, what do you think yeah. about such and such? You'll find somebody, and they don't have to say a lot. I used to be the pro liaison at University of Miami when I was down there, and guys would come in and they'd ask, and I'd have to get up and talk about all the players. Hey, what do you think about such and such? Good player, good kid. Oh, he stinks. Huh? Yep. Right, so you, so you yeah. can say a lot without saying yeah. a lot. Yeah, but do those people know that what they're saying is saying a lot? Like, what if they you should, just or should get fired? That's what yeah. I'm saying. And well, then you got to, you, when you do say that, Knowing that you gotta maintain your reputation too, so you can't feed them bullshit and say every kid, every guy's great, mm-hmm. every guy's a great locker room guy, because then they come back to, hey, we just draft this motherfucker no, eight overall. Everyone hates, and no, now they're not you know, coming back. You ain't gonna yeah. be the pro liaison. Yeah. You're not gonna talk to That's those guys. Tough. Some guy, one team at the Senior Bowl, said the night you got your public intoxication or public whatever it was in college, minor in possession yep. is what Morgantown calls it, just so they can collect a hundred bucks from you. <laughs> And collect your fake ID and then move on or whatever. When you did that, were you out with players or were you alone? And I was like, uh, what's that? He was like, did you go out alone or were you with your teammates? I was like, I don't know if I should even talk about that. And he was like, uh, were you alone or not? And I was like, I don't hang out alone. No, he was like, okay, so you were out with your teammates, had a good time. You're the only one that got caught. I was like, whoa, 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 now you're putting stories together. I actually went to the bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> I actually went to the bathroom, and, and my lookout was actually, he had to go to the bathroom too, because once again, no bathrooms were open 2 a.m. What the fuck are we supposed to do? This is before Uber. So I don't know what I was supposed to do. I thought I did the right thing. He's like, got it. And then that person, I learned from a coach later, said, like, probably good locker room guy mm-hmm. out with yeah. teammates, like that whole thing. It was like, drink guy, we could have a big, actually, had a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, it ended up being something that, like, a coach told me later, like, hey, this is what we heard about you coming out of college or whatever. Is this true or whatever? I'm like, yeah, I do remember talking to that guy because every team has, like, agents, retired agents that do their look into. Some people have, like, what, mental coaches from Navy SEALs. Doesn't, doesn't, I think the Colts have, like, a Navy SEAL. Matt Ryan. That, uh, no. <laughs> no. Brian Decker. Right, a Navy yeah. SEAL who does some sort of uh, real reading and yeah. testing and everything on people and conversation, what their grit is and where their level is. That's because that's the hardest thing to figure out, right? What makes man tick? Because we can watch tape, we can evaluate the tape, we can see what he puts on the field, we do the measurables, we see how you know how fast he is, how high he can jump, all that, all that stuff, right? But this is what you got to figure out. This is what you got to find out. Yeah. And then, yeah. do you ever really know? Until some shit goes down. Yeah, you know, we've learned a lot about people real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Shit goes what happens down when you pay really. that person too? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When they're when they become a star player, they start to get success. How do you handle success? You know, how do the people around them? You know, it's, so it's a lot of different variables in that locker room shit. You know, now you know this stage and this and this my post football career. I've been blessed to work with a bunch of people I like, but in the locker room you don't like everybody, but you know how to get along, go out there and do your job. You know when it's time to work. When you are in the locker room, who'd you hate? I didn't hate anybody. I never I never hated anybody, but it was definitely people where, you know, we didn't hang out off the field or and it was cool. You know, was, they're they're whoever they are and maybe they like being a loner. So that's cool too. But they show up, they're on time, they do their work, they handle their business, they're gonna be lined up. And shit, we get our job done. We I, I loved kind of watching 
new guys coming to the locker room and just kind of seeing how, you know, they work and how they don't work. There was a guy that showed up in our locker room that I think four steps in was like, oh, this guy sucks. Oh, really? <laughs> Middle of the season. Dude, how could you tell? do? Didn't even talk to – well, first of all, never took headphones off. Uh, yeah. Okay? While people were – Introducing himself, <laughs> and I, like first day in, like first day in, he's got his headphones. First up. entrance in the locker room, and I'm sitting. My, punched my, him right off. Of my him. locker is in the <laughs> middle. My locker is in the middle, kinda. So I have good eyes over here, where mm-hmm. kind of skill and DNs are, and then this way, there was like offense and everything like that. So I, I kind of had good view on pretty much everything. <laughs> Old buddy walks in, headphones on, and I see some skill guys like introducing themselves to him. And I would assume that this guy would have been a little – and he was, like, kind of – I don't want to say, like, big time, but definitely standoffish. I'm like, oh, this must be an awkward fuck or whatever. And, oh. then, and then, like, goes through the whole thing. And then, like, any time we saw him, never had those off. And it was like, this guy doesn't want to talk to anybody. This guy. I feel like I know this is this literally is. This is literally, like, at a bar that I was in San Francisco this past weekend watching those games. I just kept those AirPods <laughs> yeah. in yep. my ear. That's like a, hey. Don't talk yeah. to me. Please. Bring it to someone else. Please. You know what helps the uh, NFL? You know the top 30 visits? So mm-hmm. you can bring 30 guys in every year. Colts did that. So that, yeah. so that gives you an opportunity to bring a guy into your building. You do a physical, but he's going to be there for a big chunk of time. So he can be players. surrounded by a bunch of – you can get him around your players. You can put him with a panel. Did you do he's that? going to be around the trainers. Did you do any of those? Yeah. Did a few of them. Um, with Rams, I think it was still St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis yes, and then Minnesota – and then the Jets. I think I did three. Colts, I had one here, and tell me if yours was the same. And, AJ, you were number five overall, so I assume you were in the building before you got drafted over there. So tell me if He's probably picking where mine's different or not. You Did you do any of these top 30 visits? Yes? Yeah, I did, like four or five, but not Green Bay, and they didn't bring me in. Oh, they knew. They were trying to – they were yeah, trying exactly. to uh, – This guy's There's, there's, there's guy's a lot of gamesmanship when it comes to that, too. Yeah. Because Col- when they come in, they say, where are you going? Who's, t- who's bringing you in? So they're <laughs> you're writing all that stuff. I down. remember when Andrew came in before he got drafted – and he was going to Washington next, and I believe the full conversation was like, why, don't go. Like, why are you? Nah, we're going to pick it. Yeah. And he was like, he felt obligated to, I think, because he was a good guy. I come in for the Colts. It's the only one I had. And they have a scout pick you up. A scout pick you, picked me up. He drove me for probably an hour and a half, two hours in a car all around this fucking city. I had to go from the airport <laughs> to Carmel to some other place on the south side to get test physical, physical, mm. physical, physical, then finally drive back up to where the fucking practice facility is, which is another one. I was in his car for two hours. This guy and I talked about a lot. And it wasn't until, like, probably 45 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is on purpose. Like, they are – Yeah. They, But I lived on the road pretty much my entire teenage life because of soccer. So I felt good, you know, talking mm-hmm. shit about stuff. It. I was, like, doing my thing. And then I get in the building. Tom Telesco has me sit in a room. They had me sit there probably, like, 30, 45 minutes. And I'm like, are they watching me through, like... <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what happened with Gronk. Like, am I being yeah. watched? I feel like I'm being watched right now. And then Tom comes in, and it's, like, a real... It's a real convo for, like, another hour, two hours. Yeah. And then I'm on my way out, and I don't hear from them again. I didn't hear from the Colts again until draft night when they traded with the Eagles and I get drafted. I was like, that entire time they were trying to... Just to see if you'd bitch yeah. or whatever. Bitch or if I seemed like... Because I did have that minor mm-hmm. in possession, sure. there was a lot of like, what is this guy? What is he not? Now, obviously, that was an indicator. Mm-hmm. Uh, second year, <laughs> that was an indicator. I should have learned my lesson. Okay, that's on me. 
100% on me. Uh, but, yeah, I felt like they were, that's what they were trying to do that entire time. You're 100% right with that top 30 visit. Well, and there's one call, I think, if you remember, two years ago when a trainer for South Dakota or North Dakota State called in talking about Trey Lance, oh, yeah. about how he's a great guy. And obviously what you see with the Niners, you know, he's out with George Kittle doing everything. It is a bummer to hear Trent Richardson was like that when he came to the Colts. That is not. That, that does, is not. That's a huge let's, bummer. Let's take a and we joke about it too. I know I'm not sure what Zito's saying, but like the draft day, does this guy go to the? Did this guy have players at the birthday party? Like that entire conversation yeah, I, is. I real. think that was written into the movie to showcase that whole yeah convo that we just had, and they figured that was the most creative way to describe that. Yeah, but that is an answer that every team is trying to get, and most difficult to have. But if you have a good locker room, you can win. Oh yeah, regardless of all the other things. Let's talk about some breaking news coming out of Demar Hamlin's uh, health. Scare. Tom Pelissero is reporting that Dr. Pritz says DeMar Hamlin's signs of improvement, including emerging from his sleep following commands and asking who won the game. Dr. Pritz clarifies that Hamlin cannot speak and still has a breathing tube in. He has been communicating in writing last night. This guy can write? Okay. Let's go, dude. Our response was, DeMar, you won. You won the game of life. You're right. That's fucking awesome. Dr. Pritz says they have explained to Hamlin what happened, and he expressed surprise that he had not been with the world for two days. Also talked with him about all the support. His first note was, did we win? It's not only that the lights are on, we know that he's home, says Dr. Pritz, who has been working with DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Remarkable news. Yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Big thank you to everybody medically. That has done Mm -hmm. incredible work with a very scary, devastating, primetime football situation. DeMar Hamlin seemingly all the way back. Writing now, dexterity still there. Who won the game? Remembers game. Yeah. That he was at game. Surprised that he hasn't been around for the last two days. This seemingly is the greatest news we can get. For sure. Oh, yeah. Congrats, he woke up on his, Aren't they saying he woke up on his own, too? Like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. like, hey, DeMar. Writes down, I'm fucking sleeping, dude. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> you know, what's the deal? Dude, Congrats to DeMar. Yeah, that's awesome. Unreal. So, can you imagine that building right now? That locker room, that team? Buffalo Can you Bills? imagine the galvanization yeah. that's going oh. to take place now? Wouldn't want to be playing them this week. Yeah, that would suck. Well, they might have eight spots. But the whole world breathes a massive sigh of relief from Dr. Pritz's update there. That's amazing to hear. Let's take a break. On the other side, we will wrap up the glorious day that is January 5th, 2023, the day that we learned that it is possible in the world that we currently live in. There's a lot of shit that happens in our world that we don't like. It is possible for somebody to have to receive CPR for nine straight minutes in front of the entire world. Then get in an ambulance, get to a hospital, and two days later, basically be back with full neurological, neurologically intact. And they, the doctor reiterated that fact yeah. that there's no signs of any He's deficit. Home. Yeah, Unreal. unbelievable. Yeah, mom and dad. Yeah, man. They were very positive family. through that whole time. Mm-hmm. Jordan Rooney was the became the spokesperson for the family. I'm sure that was. I, it didn't look like he was enjoying A lot of people were saying he was taking advantage of the moment and everything like that because people are naturally cynical on everything. I would assume that the family and everybody is pumped to be at this stage. Yeah. And the positive vibes that we had heard about 
and the belief that Demar is Demar, so he'll get through this, rang true. Let's go, dude. Go. Welcome back, hour three. Chuck, we appreciate you. 15 people, 500 bucks. How about it? Here we go. Here we go, Chuck. I did hear my voice give out a couple times. I might have done a little bit more damage. I probably shouldn't have been doing that, but needed the moment. For sure. Because this is a big-time day. The last hour, we got a chance to chat with Stephen A. Smith and... The DeMar Hamlin news is oh, remarkable. Yeah. It's yep. rem- heard the doctors during the break. I don't know if you did the same thing as us. Over here, we listened to the doctors speak a little bit. First of all, congrats to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They obviously go to school for a long time, work long hours. This is, they probably treat this type of thing, not this type of thing, but very serious things on a regular basis. Nobody ever really knows about. Now they're being thrust in the spotlight. I think the way they've handled it with the information being kept in, Right? There hasn't yeah. been any leaks out of the University of Cincinnati circle. Medical Center, which is incredible. That's not normal right. in 2022, 2023, and probably for the rest of eternity. Tight, tight circles are not real anymore, especially whenever it's the story of the world. So them talking about it, addressing it the way they are, this is the fucking, this is, this is, incre- this is gr- incredible news. They're talking about, we're working on getting him back to who he was before it happened. It's like, that means like, Oh, yeah. Football, like, mm-hmm. if this dude returns the football, I mean, granted, the fact he's already alive, he's writing, mm-hmm. he's messaging is what's being quoted. They're, he's waking up on his own. He's doing everything. All news is good. If, and they're talking about we're just working on getting him off the ventilator because, Chuck, explain to us a little bit. You did during the break. Because the ventilator's on there, he has to remain sedated for a certain amount of time, and they talked about that a little bit, and that's, that was kind of their answer. Like, we still got to get him off the ventilator there. What is that process, and how do you know about it? Yeah, so going through um, open-heart surgery back in 96, just out of nowhere, they strap you down, you wake up, and you got this ventilator. First thing you want to do is go grab mm-hmm. it. So we heard that there was he was trying to get that thing out. That's the first instinct is to get that thing out. But you're strapped down, and you're so heavily sedated that they're going to breathe for you until you get off that sedation. And your lungs, he's got to get you. I had tubes coming out of me. So he's got tubes clearing his lungs, getting the blood out, whatever was there. But until you're off, completely off all the, you know, to a certain point where you can breathe on your own, it's because of, you know, they've been reports that he's sedated, sedated, he's in critical condition, all that stuff. So until that kind of gets weaned out of him and he gets off that sedation, they'll pull that thing and he'll be able to breathe on his own. Obviously, there's some dangers involved with this. I would assume sedation, ventilator, weaning off, tubes coming out of lungs and everything like that. But this is standard operating procedure for heart surgeries normally? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's a good piece of information, right? Mm-hmm. Seems For like sure. that's another good piece of information because they were asked, uh, the doctors were asked about playing football again, I, I, and they said, mm-hmm. you know, he's still in the ICU. Like, yeah. We're yeah. still very much in the ICU. The doctor said it's like, okay, we understand that, but it sounds like we're getting to a point where this is a lot of folks, like not a lot of people in the history of football. He might be the only one in the history of football, routine tackle, cardiac arrest. But it sounds like we're at a point where there's a lot of people that have been to this point of where he at, is in recovery. Yeah. And, re- and that's good, right? Because we probably have more information about this particular stage of recovery. Like you said, him going for the thing, very natural. That's what everybody does. Everything that's going through right now, pretty well tested, I think, right? He's gotten to a point where I don't want to say people are just comfortable like, hey, here we go. We're he didn't have heart surgery, though. They had to do something, so it's right? still probably different. I don't know. They, they, they didn't open him up. I don't think. He had blood in his lungs, though, right? So yeah, they had I mean, to do know. the tubes? Yeah, yeah they had to drain. Yeah, that. I'm sure there, yeah, there's plenty of stuff going on, which I didn't know. I'm, we'll get back to it. I didn't know Chuck had open-heart surgery in 96. Me neither. 
that, <clears throat> didn't know if it was the right time to just stop him in the middle of that and be like, yeah. excuse me? Okay, so you had, what did you, you just had a heart attack out of nowhere? So I had one uh, artery block. I was on a treadmill early in the morning doing my workout. It felt a little bad. So I got off, showered, went upstairs. I was recruiting. I was at University of Miami. Came back down at lunch, jumped back on. Had the same kind of stuff. And they said, hey, you need to go over to doctor's hospital. I didn't go. Trainer came up and grabbed me on a Thursday. Said, you go? What'd they say? I said, I didn't go. So he grabbed me by the back of my hair and drug me over there. And I essentially never left. So I, uh, LAD, the Widowmaker, LAD is the left anterior descending artery, mm. was like 85, 90% blocked. Jesus. So they had to go in and. So they take you in, you do a catheter deal. And Jeez. They check it out, cardiac cath. You do that. And they say, yeah, it is. And then you get on a table. One doc comes in and said, hey, we can do a stent, less evasive, no open heart, no, you know, saw your sternum open and rib cage. Crack. Do a cracker Jeez. deal, right? And mm-hmm. it, so I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds a lot better than open heart. But then the doctor's nurse came in said, where you got this blockage, it's too close to this other artery, and if they do this and something happens and you're not opened up, they're not going to be able to save you if they if, if you burst another artery. Got it. So then I said, okay, where's the open heart do? Yeah, they, they wanted you to do the open heart. So, that, yeah. That's why they did the way they did. Like, hey, we need to provide you options, but also we've been here before. This is a decision we're going to try to make for you pretty mm-hmm. much. And yeah. thankfully they did, right? All good since then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you know. They did a mammary a deal, took my mammary How old artery. You? 36. Jesus. Oh, my. Jeez. I'm, 30, I'm 35. How scary was that, Chuck? Yeah, it was uh, a lot scarier for, like, my parents and my, my yeah. wife, Tina. You know, because when you come out and you, they bring you into the room finally, and they got, you're hooked up to a, a million machines. So right when you see somebody like that with a, a deal down your throat and, and all these machines going and they're basically breathing for you, they're pumping blood through your body, you know, for you, all that kind of stuff. So it's scarier for them. But when, when I finally came to, they woke you up, and I tried to get that out, and they didn't want to take it out. So they did something. They stuck something down to make me cough, right? And so I just they had just sewn me back up, right, mm-hmm. just wired, you know, they put these wires to bring your, you know, oh, your Jesus. chest cavity back together. So I'm off the table crying. So you can't talk because you got that in your deal. They're mm-hmm. trying to get you to cough up stuff and get, get that lung, your lungs clear. So I get, give me the pad. You know, they talked about DeMar being able to write. Yeah. So I could write, you know. And I think I wrote down to Tina, right? Have them put me the fuck under again, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Yeah. So, yeah, so that it's, it's pretty commonplace. But I think, you know, by another day, easy, or, yeah. another, another day or so, he... But obviously, he's in such great hands and such great care. I was lucky where I was, you know, time and place. But he'll, he'll you know, once he gets off that stuff, it'll be. Did you think about not coaching after that? Stress? Did you change your lifestyle? Did you diet? Yeah, it's a good no, question, AJ. For a couple of weeks, to be honest with you. Really? No, it's like we take these things for granted because we're all healthy. We mm-hmm. come to work every day. We go home. We get up. Boom, boom, boom. You take these days for granted. And. They may not always be there, so you change some things and uh, try to try to eat better. Exercise. I've always exercised. I've always been, you know. I didn't have I didn't have cholesterol problem. No family history. No this. No that. What is it? Stress. So two weeks later, I was back on the on the field coaching. Okay, smart. <laughs> nice. Wait, right, yeah. right, yeah. where are you? Yeah, way to go, I think your phone's blowing up too. Yeah, I believe people are saying, "Hey, Chuck, are you uh, telling the heart attack story?" I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. this, I didn't know this was. Uh, 
That's amazing. I, I didn't know. Is that a heart attack? No, it's just blocked. What is that? What is that oh, considered? So thank God. So I was going to go back. They don't know until they get in there and see if there's any damage to the heart. So I had what they call as angina. So you had like pre-heart attack. You had all the symptoms, you know. So they say, hey, look, shortness of breath. Feels like your chest is burning. Pain down the left side of your arm. Things like that. So then they go in and say, okay, did you have any damage to the heart muscle? And thank God I, I had no damage to the heart muscle. So they, they did a you know one bypass and knock on wood, everything's good. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, doctors. Thank you, doctors. And thank you to the doctors at the University of uh, Cincinnati Medical Center. Let's bounce around some of the news here as we wrap. That was news. Chuck Pagano had opened Yeah, yeah. Electric. yeah. 36 years old, man. Scary. Um, what? Oh, no. No, yeah, we know that. I think that's already been broken a couple different times. But, yeah, the Bills-Bengals game, not happening. I think we all kind of understood that it's been made official. A couple different people have broke that news. What will happen next, we shall see. Will they add another team to the AFC and to the NFC because they don't want any home field advantage if some team cannot fairly earn it? Uh, Will that be for this year? Will that be for years going forward? Those are the next steps and also the next steps of DeMar Hamlin's health. We can't wait to hear what's next. And congrats to everybody over there. Uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, broke some news yesterday because it was alleged that he said to the team, uh, you guys just need to see Sam Howell or whatever. He, like, he was going to start, and then he said, no, Sam Howell should start. He addressed it while wearing a four-play podcast uh, hat in the locker room just yesterday. And I'll tell you what, Taylor Heineke oozes machismo. Yep, <laughs> he does. Doesn't he? he yeah, does. big time. He really does. This dude is what you want in a leader, what you want yep. in a locker room. Here's him addressing the Sam Howe starting situation for the Commanders this last weekend of the NFL season. Yeah, um, you know, we had some discussions this morning and ultimately uh, decided to go with Sam and you know, I'm, I'm really excited for, for his opportunity. I think he's going to show a lot of people what he's got. But as the competitor that you are, any disappointment that you're not starting? No. Um, you know, obviously I want to be out there with the guys, but I also understand, you know, again, like this is kind of a business deal. And, um, you know, we, we're going to see what Sam's got. And, you know, we've seen it all year through practice, training camp, preseason. The guy can ball. So, you know, we're all excited for him. Two different ways to take that. Taylor Harnick, you don't want to play. You know, Taylor Haneke's happy for somebody else taking a job that he certainly has earned and has been <laughs> fucked out of a couple different times now yeah, with the Washington Commanders. I think the way I view it is Taylor Haneke's like the greatest teammate of all time. Listen, if you want Sam Howe to play, cool. I, he told us he's just happy to be in the NFL. He's making money. But he is a massive piece of the puzzle that is this Commanders team. Carson Wentz last week, he goes in, throws three picks. Obviously, he's not playing. They've been eliminated. They haven't seen Sam Howe because injury early. He is a rookie. I, I think it's a cool move by Heineke. He continues to prove that we are big fans of his and why we are big fans of his. And Sam Howell, welcome to the league. Week 18, no ch- nothing really on the line. Good luck out there. This is for the future of the commanders pretty much. Yeah, but still the question that comes to my brain, yeah, of course, Taylor Heineke, the dude is awesome. His teammates love him. We know why. I like how he said hey, it's kind of a business deal. That's true. Like, don't get your feelings hurt about it. It's a business thing. Why the hell did Carson Wentz start last game? <laughs> They didn't know. What are you yeah. talking about? Well, Darius, what's so funny? Like, why was Heineken yeah, cool? Why did Wentz fucking great question. I had no idea. They didn't let him play the whole game after he was They needed to win. Stinking it up. Yeah, must win game. And, I mean, the commanders haven't done much that made sense. Didn't Ron Rivera early say he can't play himself out? Like, remember when Taylor got the starting gig? He said, like, no, he's in. He's our guy. Like, yeah. he can't. 
there's nothing he's going to do to get pulled. He I, said that like early on. Taylor had what one game? I think he had a game where now, granted, he wasn't putting up massive numbers in the wins that they were getting, but he was winning games oh, yeah. for oh, yeah. them. And I think everybody loved him. And are, are we trying to win, like just win, or are we trying to win in a certain way? You know what I mean? Like that is the kind of the conversation that seemingly was taking place. And business, it's business. They paid Carson a lot of money. He was healthy. He's there. I guess they just decided in the middle of a playoff hunt, in a playoff race, that since Taylor had one game that maybe wasn't as great, or maybe it was two. I don't remember. I don't no, remember. Well, I think go it was, ahead. go ahead, Tone. Go the ahead. game that they pulled him in, they said, like, if there are signs it was a struggle. Quick, it was a quick hook. Yeah, and it was yeah. against the 49ers, and also he was, like, 12-19 for yeah. 150 and two touchdowns. But it being a he quick did. hook was talked about before the game yeah, even right. started. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was a storyline. He never threw three picks in a game, did he? No. I don't think so. What no. happened a week before that, though? The quick uh, you're allowed to, the short uh, leash. You're allowed to throw um, a pick for every $10 million that you're making. <laughs> Uh, for the team, <laughs> fair yeah. before they start judging you, like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Is this, um, yeah, the week before the Niners? The he goes 23 31, one TD, one pick. Oh, the, no, it's t- it's up top. The Giants, game. Game. they Seven, lost the, the 17 of 29, one 20 to 12. Two TDs, one interception. Oh, you're talking about the one that's zero and pulled. three. Yeah, that's when he got pulled in the Niners. You know, still never threw more than one pick in a game. No. Yeah, but what happened in the because in the Giants game going into the Niners game, mm-hmm. they said he's he's got a short leash for Carson Wentz. That's just because Carson was healthy. Is that what it was? Must have been. I assumed from not watching the entire Commanders games, I assumed he must have played poorly. Now, granted, one touchdown, zero interceptions against the Giants, seventeen of twenty nine. Wink Martindale's defense is going to be hungry regardless. I guess he's not putting up like 400 yards, 300 yards, 249, 275. Falcons 138. It's just like managing a game pretty much exactly, yeah. but they're winning. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, five, two, and one is the starter. Oh, they lost right there. That's why. Look at the last tie loss. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, it those last two games? They have a tie and two losses. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like when the school board member came up to Coach Herman Boone and said, mm-hmm. hey, I got bad news. One loss and you're out. Taylor yeah. doesn't deserve that. Why, no. why does it happen to Taylor, yeah. though? Can we pull up Carson's now? Because, money, like, right? we just looked at Taylor's and absolutely, like, sure, yeah. they lost those games. In fairness. Look at, the, look at the stats Carson has when they lose their game. It's certainly because of the business part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely because sure. of it. Chuck, let's ask you. What, it's 100% business. That's top down telling them we're not resting a guy that's 30 mil and Ron yeah, Rivera's so got to deal with it. Yeah, so we know what we paid, you know, to get him, what we traded to do to get him in here, and he's going to be our guy, and then he gets hurt, and he's out. He's out, what, 10 weeks? So they're looking for an opportunity probably to – because you can't lose your job because of an injury, right, supposedly. James Winston. But that has happened a lot throughout professional sports. Mm-hmm. But they're doing well. Never There's a Wally that. Pip guy. Yeah, Drew yeah. Bledsoe. That statement, I think, is just marketing. I think it's yeah. propaganda. Yeah, exactly. That's not an actual real thing. People lose their job because they get injured all the time yeah. because there's a counter cliche, can't join the club. In the tub, mm-hmm. right? So that's a counter mm-hmm. one there. No, that's legit. And I think they're doing good, and, and they're winning. Heineke obviously wins over the fans, the locker room, coaches. He's a gamer. He's a baller. He's a great teammate. Winning, winning, winning. And then you hit the skids a little bit. You w- lose one, you tie one, whatever that was. But I think it was like maybe there was a little window that said, okay, the shines kind of wore off. Mm-hmm. Luster's kind of wore off. We have a window now, legitimate window, where we can – we can move Carson back in. So you think it's strategy reasons? See if he gives us a spark, some new energy, some new whatever. He did not. No. 
But then why wouldn't you go back to Heineke in that must-win game? I mean, they only lost by two touchdowns to the Browns, and Carson played like shit. So right now, it's just like anything else. They're going to see what they have. Maybe one game's enough in Sam. Just like, you know, playing Sam Ellinger for the Colts. You've got to figure out what they have. Do they have a legitimate backup in Sam Howell? Well, yeah. The Colts. What's wrong with the Colts, Chuck? Just as your – What time – don't we go off? I don't know. Yeah, if the we opposite. Can. The opposite would be what's right with Cardinals because we can get that done quick. How does that? How does that get? Like the Commanders, they they got a uphill battle yeah, to figure yeah. out what they're going to do next. Makes sense there, though. So maybe of, Carson came back. To do. So it's my time. What if Carson did? Well, if we watch Hard Knocks, oh, forget the cold stuff. I watched Hard Knocks last night. It was awesome. <clears throat> it was a great episode of Hard Knocks last night. First one I've watched this season, only watched because I saw an Instagram clip of J.J. Watt doing something awesome on, like, the Hard Knocks Instagram, and it was, like, tonight, 10 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the J.J. Watt, like, retirement episode. recap, almost overview, and it was. It was fucking awesome, just because they have all so many clips of J.J. from back when he was at Houston, when he got drafted, big moments, big plays. NFL Films running this whole thing, so they got an entire vault. And I think last week everybody thought, because the tweet went out, that maybe the retirement Hard Knocks episode would be last week. And then we thought, well, maybe J.J.'s not giving any, like, nah, I'm not, I'm not being mic'd up. I'm not doing it. Like, you guys could do your little song and dance elsewhere. He was mic'd up. They did a wonderful job of encapsulating like what fucking J.J. Watt has been to the NFL and to the league. There was a couple refs thanking him for his – he ends up getting 10 sacks on the episode um, for the sixth time of his career. Last three years he got 10 sacks combined because he was injured so much. Mm. So he, he reached a milestone. These last two games of the Cardinal season, the last two stadiums that he hasn't played in in the entire NFL. So it's like almost like storybook type. Now the team stinks. Win a Super Bowl, obviously. That, that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. But the way it was covered last night on Hard Knocks, I think, worth a watch. And uh, J.J. says fuck. Okay. What? Now we're talking. J.J. is a human. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, HBO allowed that talking shit, telling stories. Seems like a real mentor for that Zaven. Zaven Collins. Uh, Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. Their relationship's awesome. And you can tell that J.J. Watt, like, cares. Now, his way of caring is shit-talking, but that Hell is yeah. certainly yeah. a way of caring and way a relationship goes back. And Zaven talks shit back. But it was a great episode. I loved it. Congrats, NFL Films. And congrats to JJ. You done good, dude. Yeah. You done good. Way to go, JJ. AJ, did you pick it up? I did not. I was on it. I completely forgot that it was even a thing, but I have seen clips because I love JJ's D line coach, Matt Burke. He was my linebacker coach in Cincinnati. Dartmouth guy, super smart. He's the man. He's in it. He yeah, I know. That's why I've just only seen clips of it. I didn't know it was still going on. Like, how many more are there? Uh, probably this upcoming week's probably yeah, the last one. But real artsy shot of your D-line coach. Sitting good lighting, good backdrop. You know, real. Yeah. Nice. I just thought to myself, look at this guy getting some shine out yeah, here. You know sweet. what I mean? It was, uh, it was a cool thing coaching against J.J. Watt. It felt like every time we played Houston, the whole place was going to be uh, turned down for what was going to play. And then J.J. was probably going to be doing the old doggy out there. Hell, yeah. He was unbelievable. He was everywhere. What a fucking career. They encapsulated last night well in Hard Knocks, I thought. No, he's – you know when he came out last, when they're going to introduce the defense. It's like Ray Lewis getting introduced in Baltimore. You knew you were in for an ass whooping. <laughs> and, and that guy was going to play. I mean, the guy is, is phenomenal. And, you know, what he's done off the field, 
is is amazing. But what he's done through the course of his career, I mean, we saw that same move over and over and over and over. And we talked to AC and our tackles alignment. He's going to foot fake you. You're going to go crashing down, and then he's going to come back out and go down the line of scrimmage and catch you from behind or wreak havoc on if you know we're running into it. He's unbelievable. And, you, and there was nothing you could do about it. They showcased- and then when he wanted to hit you right up underneath your chin and just get knock him back and separate and shed and then get to the quarter, he's incredible. They showed him working that play, which he did three times last week, I believe. Yeah. Like what, It was almost like, let's see if we still got this boom, bang, pow, crash down, tackle for loss on a fourth down. That's like the J.J. Watt move. They were showing him in Houston working on it. On like a dummy, whenever they had hard knocks in Houston, they were showing him in Arizona in training camp working on it. It's like him working it and how much he's committed to a game. Hell of a fucking football player. First ballot Hall of Famer guaranteed in everybody's eyes. Absolutely. It was cool to kind of take a trip down memory lane. I, I don't know if he watched it, but he proved to me last night he was a human, which is also fucking yeah, really I gotta, cool. I got to check it out. See that side of him. They always do a great job. But um, one of the y'all both just talked about it, one of the best pops in general coming out of a stadium. Yes. Him getting that last intro have been a dog obviously on the defensive side of the ball all uh, across the line and then even on the offensive side of the ball playing a little tight end man so he deserves this uh, little farewell tour (laughs) I don't want to name drop too much because he talked to Cliff Kingsbury uh, on Hard Knocks about Cliff Kingsbury goes uh, did you get any texts yesterday you know when he put out the (laughs) the tweet he was like yeah I just I tried my best so I figured you know what I I DM'd him I didn't send a text though Name drop, no big deal. I have J.J. Watt's phone number. We stole Whoa. it. We stole it, kind of. <laughs> the way we got it was not necessarily like how you go about getting somebody's number. They asked me to do something, and they reached out, and then there was a, he came on the show in return, and he called from his, and I don't ever do that, but I'm like, you know, I'll hey, take t- that. Hey, will you send me J.J.'s number from that computer there? I'd like to send him a message. So I sent him a text last night, and I said, um, or this morning, I said, hey, last night's episode of Hard Knocks was awesome. You're a legend, pal. A great ambassador of everything an NFL player is supposed to be. I had no idea you said fuck the way you do. Thank God. Congrats. (laughs) Haven't got a response yet. Come on. He's watching. Game plan. He'll know. He's in the middle of working right now. But that was was my biggest takeaway. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Really? Yes, dude. This is a guy. This is him picking up his 10th sack of the season right there. Inched out in front of 44 there. They show a full replay on both sides of it from Hard Knocks. And he's screaming right there, let's fucking go, by the way. Just so. I'm sure he had some incentives, too, for 10. I would assume, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would certainly believe. And also, he said last night he's known for months. And I think there was a scare, right, that had happened to J.J. Yeah, J. Yeah, Watt in his heart. Oh, yeah. 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 So And he has a baby now, and his family's growing. I wonder how quickly everything got put in perspective. But last night on the episode, he said he's known for months. It was awesome. I would recommend watching it. And I think the NFL Films folks have done a, did a fantastic – congratulations. Yeah. All right, a couple more things here that we wrap. Colts fucked. We're dead, you think? Mm. Got some work to do. <laughs> Quarterback and head coach, two most important things. Yeah. Think Jeff's going to get it? I talked with uh, some people in the building. Mm-hmm. They said they feel as if Jeff has done a great job in maybe – initiating some things that hadn't been in there for a while. Okay. So, like, I think there's a lot of people who obviously love Jeff in that building because Jeff, ring of honor Legend. in the building, fucking Jeff. The people that are running that building still, the day-to-day, were around when Jeff was there. Jeff was beloved by fucking everybody in the building because he's Jeff Saturday. So I think it's coming from a state of biasy, 
but there's a lot of like Jeff is doing like all the things you would hope that yeah you know like he's doing everything that we have wanted to see from like a good fucking coach not that Frank wasn't but I think Frank the way Frank ran a team got the team to a place in which they became pretty complacent I'd assume it seems like I think if you watch the way they played so Jeff I don't know if he's going to get the job long term but I think he's been a vital part of like maybe setting a precedent on maybe what's going to come probably with whoever gets the job next Chuck what are you hearing out of the building what are your thoughts on it no I think you know we all know how much Jim uh, Jim loves this guy and how beloved he is in the city and in that building and I think Jim would really love for him to be his coach to be honest with you now we'll see he's got to go through a process they got one more game to play you know on Sunday and then you know Jim's got to go through the you know interview process and follow the guidelines that go you know into that and See who the candidates are. You see if they're going to get a Sean Payton in or get a Jim, you know, Harbaugh in here, et cetera. And then Jeff will, is going to get his turn, you know, at uh, interviewing for that job. But I really feel like there's a lot of people pulling for him, and, and the most important one is is the owner. Yeah, yeah and I think this was all a tryout. I think mm-hmm. we that's how we assumed it was from yep. Jim Irsay, yeah. who was like scouting everything you need to be a good head coach, probably hearing through the grapevine what the building has become, what they need, and him going, Jeff probably. Brother, it's got to be a fucking man. You know, you got everything that you would. Have you ever thought hey, about? What were you saying? Guys were late to meetings. What Whoa! About? Whoa! What do you mean? Was I that never the said Colts that. Or somebody else? No, somebody I said I heard that about teams. I heard that about teams. Oh. And treatment. I didn't think it was the Colts. And treatment as well. I heard some places. You know, just because who cares about the trainer's time? Fuck them. Right. You know, and everything else that's scheduled. Those little two, things two, become those, big yeah, things. Those are huge, huge things. Huge, very abnormal Especially. in the in the NFL. Good teams, yep. bad teams, mediocre teams. Like you're on, like you talked about the meeting that we, you know, when the doctor came and talked about Chuck. It's nine o'clock. Like this meeting's not start. Oh, oh. it's got to be Jim. Like Jim that's the only Jim. person that can hold up that type of clock. So um, that's uh, very. There's some yeah, buildings doing that, in, not necessarily in, the Colts, no. but so. I mean, potentially the Indianapolis Colts. If we watch, have his hands full though. If he does get this job, with yeah, oof. but he can put together like an MCDC esque coaching staff where you have all that experience. Yeah, Debo, you might be a fucking D coordinator. Ooh, or Lofsky, does Dano? Does Does he come in as OC? I would. Chuck wants to be head coach. Dano, Chuck, what do you? What you really? No, that's the first time you have. There's a chance. That's the first time you have interrupted. I'm sorry. No, no. We wanted you to do it. I wanted you to do it all show. Then I I said, hey, Chuck, anytime. Fire in. Anytime. First time he does it it is, oh, yeah, Dan Olavsky. What's that all about? Coaches would love that. Could you imagine a D-Bud everything D-Beat live from the Indianapolis Colts training? Well, that's what every single meeting will be. Yes. Yep. Listen, man. Jeff, Congrats, D Bucks. What good hey, a baby. Coach, 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 you did it. We just win it. Get him that cold tag. Surround yourself with a lot of obviously veteran coaches that have been around and done it before. Uh, give me a call, Jeff. I'll rock with you. <laughs> yeah, you think veteran coaches, just to that point, like, do you think veteran coaches would be okay? Did Shep coach? Did Shep coach before he got this Detroit gig? Yes, I believe so. Kelvin Shepard, linebacker coach Shepard, for yeah. the Detroit Lions, yeah. former teammate of ours, yeah. great fucking dude. What is Shep coach? He coached somewhere. He went maybe through an internship as well, and then he went back to LSU to work. I want to say kind of like a pro personnel type guy at LSU. Yeah, he was uh, director of player development at LSU yeah, okay, in 2020 so. and then the outside linebackers coach for the Lions the last two years. Okay, so what we're learning here from the Jeff Saturday thing <clears throat> 
and I was optimistic. Once Me again, too. on paper, great team. For whatever reason, they fucking stink. Well, there's a lot of them. I think. I think there is a happy medium. Have to have maybe some sort of knowledge of you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think you have, to save have, have to have had to try it before. You know, just something. You think is that what we learned from this? You know what I mean? Maybe it helps a little bit better. I don't know if anybody comes that. in and wins for the Colts. No. I want to like, exactly. I don't yeah. know if anybody comes in there. He won two challenges. Last, last game. Should have been. Hey, could have been three. Yeah. By the way, Cowboys was a very close game for most of it. Fourth quarter, the we were up on the Cowboys. Yeah. Vikings also, was like, close for a little bit. Well, in the Vikings game, like, how much of that are you putting on Saturday? Yeah. You know. Well, I guess strategy wise, he could have told Parks Frazier, who certainly is going to have an interesting off season. I would assume Parks yeah. Frazier yeah, is uh, in, a, in an interesting spot right now. No. But he, he he will use this as a vital lesson as he goes forward, I would assume. Did he really have a chance? Who knows? You know yeah. what I mean? Did yeah. he did can he really imagine, have a chance? Can you imagine how hard? So hard. Taking, I mean, there's not many guys. you got to give him credit for just signing up. He was the only motherfucker that knew the place. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. And signing up for that job? Yeah, Jim, I'll go do this for you. 30-year-old. My God. Only guy left in the no, building. No, I'm talking about Jeff. Oh, okay, okay. Are you, and I, then, no, and, and then, you know, those guys turning down that job. And same with, same with Park, so... Parks had to be bummed, They're not too. afraid. They you're, bet, saying a lot of people, you're saying a lot of people did not want to probably take that job with where the Colts were, even though the, on paper the roster looked good. Because so you think back to when that transpired after the Patriots game, right? And now you see what's <laughs> transpired and where we're at now, that timeline and everything in between. So maybe there's some guys that said, had a vision what might, <laughs> might happen, yeah. what this thing may look like. Hey, that's a big piece of conversation, though, because at the time that was not talked about, like, oh, Jeff's picked over this person, Jeff's picked over this person, Jeff's picked over this person. Jero Evero in Denver? Yeah. They yeah. offered him the job before they gave it to Jerry. Yeah, D.C.? And he said... Uh, I'd my, rather not have that no. on my record. Well, I think it was more... He handled it really well. If you watch his press Jerry conference and his comments, he, he he, he's done a really good job, but he said, you know... My, my duties to to the defense and these guys, and I can't. I'm not going to let them down and leave this this thing. Fascinating situation. Good luck to all parties. Colts are going to have to hit a reset button. What the fuck is going? We got snow Man. angels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the thirty, the thirty million cap currently can, you know, increase significantly if they make a couple moves. And I think we can. Yeah, for sure. Probably need to. Was Matt Ryan on one year? One year? No, that's going to have to be something that's figured out. Yeah, it was a three-year, one hundred and twenty million dollars contract. See, remember, we <laughs> thought we thought there was a chance that Matt Ryan would just oh. say, "You know what? Uh-oh. Yeah, signs a new deal worth zero dollars <laughs> yeah. the next ten years, mm-hmm. yeah. and then that'll be a zero-dollar cap hit because he renegoti- renegotiated his deal and he's sailing off into retirement." Um, JJ Watt did that for the Cardinals. Yes. They renegotiated the deal, still a couple million dollar cap hit for multiple years, even though they did that whole thing. So I think the Colts aren't going to be strapped with Matt Ryan's contract for wow. for a good bit here. Yeah, only eighteen if they cut him pre June one. So Yeah, I saved seventeen. <laughs> really? What's so funny, AJ? I'm thinking like what makes us think that next year is going to be any better? Like, this is a tough situation. Nothing. AJ! Nothing, AJ. No, AJ. they're going to be. CJ Stroud. Okay. Yeah. And was, remember, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. Quarterbacks can save everybody. They really can. A guy comes in and plays well, everybody has a job. Everyone's happy. It's 2023, too, so they need two Super Bowls in seven years. Here's how the money has been spent by Jim Mercy in the quarterback position Sheesh. since 2018. Andrew Luck, $18 million. Jacoby Brissett, 760000 Brad Kaya, of course. He was a dog. 555000 kayak. Were you coaching this year, Chuck, or no? Which one? 18. 18. Nope. No, you're this first year gone. Jacoby Brissett, the next year, $15 million. 
Andrew Luck, twelve million. He's not on the team anymore. Brian Hoyer, five million. Dog. Chad Kelly, two hundred sixty-eight thousand. Out of baby chat. <laughs> Phil Rivers in twenty twenty because obviously Jacoby Brissett doesn't work out. He gets hurt in the middle of the season. He gets a human dropped on his knee. It's a whole different ball game. We bring in Philip Rivers because he knows Frank Reich's offense. They work together at the Chargers. He's only worth what twenty-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett still getting a deal fifteen million from the deal beforehand a year ago when he was going to be the guy for the foreseeable future. Jacob Eason another million. Brian Hoyer, 950000 Let's move to 2021. We got Phil Rivers again? No. We got Jacoby Brissett again? No. no. We still paying people? Oh, yeah. Carson Wentz, oh. $21 million. Sam Ellinger, 700000 Brett Hundley, 572 Okay, 2022, you got the same people? Uh-uh. Matt Ryan, $24 million, 705000 Nick Foles, $2.6 million. Congrats to him. He's not good at football, making multiple <laughs> millions of dollars playing football. He did have a hell of a career, though, Nick Foles. Yeah, 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 statue. And Sam Ellinger, he is a statue. It's Sam Ellinger, 825000 for a total of $145 million <laughs> from Jim Ursay in the quarterback position over the last five years. And where are we? At a potential, we need to fucking reset everything. Yep. Lowest of all those points. Not easy. Not easy to win in the NFL, so congrats to all the teams to do. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's get the hell out of here. We got a big time feel good Friday tomorrow. Why? Huge. Yeah. Big time feel good Friday. I can't wait to be in the Thunderdome on a Friday yet again. Let's go. It's a beautiful thing. Because it's Friday. Okay. Friday. That's not the song. Gonna get you know what song I'm talking about? You know oh, song? yeah. Well, who was that? That girl, it was a one hit wonder. Carly uh, Rae Jepsen. She's no, got dude. a couple bangers. Rebecca Black. Black. No. Michelle Branch. Yeah, All right, someone else. It's not Michelle Branch. Rebecca okay. Black. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, Deba, do you want to – I don't remember if you won. You won yesterday with a putt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he did. Chuck won today with a putt. Yep. Yeah. That one He won. Oh, shot yeah, 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 yeah. Great First shot. one. First shot. First shot. Oh, oh yeah. From the seat. Yeah. First shot. Yeah. You remember you got up early and we're like, no, no, yeah. no. Sit down. Sit down. For the video. Back up. Yep. I'm just co-signing. What do you mean? Of course, well, yeah. You said it like an tone. Yeah, yeah. You hear me? The tone. Like, you, tone. Don't, you don't know my tone. You don't get my tone. We do. Yeah, That's me? why whenever we hear a y'all from, no. it's no. like wow. Okay. Wow. Seems like there's some no, toxicity. Speaking, I mean, I'm I am D Bud's biggest fan when he's shooting shots <laughs> or putting. You guys know that. No, you're not. All right. We'll just act as if that's true, even though we know it's not. Connor's certainly the least yep. biggest fan yeah. of giving away by money far. to anybody ever, which is a damn shame. That hoodie stinks. Don't this ever wear one? it on the stadium. <laughs> well, it stinks for you because, you know, this team right here is just took your old, is, gross, grimy penguins out back behind the shed and put bullets in all those old guys' heads <laughs> in their entire Jeez. careers. It was a good run. Oh, shut the old fuck up. Old hockey town. But hockey town is dead. Same with that hockey town. And there's only one town the Stanley Cubs had into, and that's the one up north in Boston. Oh, that's a Bruin? Yeah, it's the meth bear that we had in 1970. Jeez. The meth bear? Yeah, the meth bear. Called it? That makes sense. Is that a hoodie yeah. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone seen that cocaine bear movie? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Ray Liotta's <laughs> final film. Is it good? Is it good? It's after a real story, right? Yeah, yeah it allegedly. looks fantastic. It's a comedy. The bear can talk. Oh, you say allegedly. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, I don't buy it. You better hope the Guinos don't have some in their skates tonight, I'll tell you that. Oh! Oh, oh, oh God, that was... You are dialed in the <laughs> because they are going to the toughest barn 
in America, the T-Mobile Arena. Owner. taking on the Golden Knights. Well, Golden Knights actually stink. Yeah, Thank you. We always also, have, always will. Same with the Bruins. Well, the Bears number are Number one in the Western Conference. Yeah, number one in the league. Also, we did learn something about T-Mobile Arena uh, during the Winter Classic. I believe they sell uh, 19 or 12-ounce beers for $19. That's Vegas, baby. Get yeah, on board. That is Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky to be here. Yeah, it's exactly. a tough barn. All right, Ty, how much, uh, how much merches are you giving away if I make this? I'll give mm. fucking 15 merches. Whoa! 15 <laughs> merches? Ty's got a baby. Ty, yeah. think about That's it. That's a lot of merch. Think about it. Sorry, Phil. Yeah. Needs to be uh, $10 or less. Yeah, keychains. We don't have any merches. Oh, we got some stickers. <laughs> yeah, we got stickers. Yep. There it is. No, no, no. glasses. Merches is How much is football? St- how much is the Baby Duke? Good baby Duke's forty. One of those. those sweet. Easier to get a PS Five than a. Baby I forget Duke. what the Baby Duke is. I, I, don't, I don't want to be on the record for the Baby Duke. Like two, two, three hundred dollars. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Hard to find. If you want to go supply demand, those those they football should be, should be yeah. Yeah. a thousand bucks. Yeah. They're not worth that much for sure. So well, you're going to get fifteen merches from the entire store. Fifteen merches. Whoa. Bangarang. Mm. Yep. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Good right away. Yeah, man. Retweet this video. Say something nice to somebody. Maybe Demar Hamlin. Yeah, let's go. Maybe Stoner. Anybody in their family? (laughs) Definitely not. Stoner. Definitely not Stoner. That still counts. Uh, Yeah, you can say something nice to Stoner if you'd like. Anybody, actually. The world needs to hear more nice things. Uh, Do that in a reply to this video. And also put your cash tag in there so we can pay you. Oh, no, you don't need to, actually. Yeah, no. No, you don't need to put your cash tag in there. You just need to reply by saying something nice. Ty Schmidt's going to pick 15 people to get merches from store.patmacvishow.com. What a day. What a fantastic Thursday this was. This is the first Thursday of a lot of Thursdays that doesn't have an NFL game tonight. But today was the day that we got incredible news about DeMar Hamlin. And we will try to move forward with the NFL season. And hopefully DeMar Hamlin will be back better just as he was before the entire scary incident on Monday Night Football soon. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Be a friend, tell a friend. We're back tomorrow for a feel-good Friday. Big thanks to Rappaport for stopping by today again. He's kind of been our yeah, yeah. correspondent. All week. We appreciate that. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith stopped by. Fucking hey, awesome. dude. Unreal. How about him owning his own podcast? I'm very happy for him with that. Shoot. Smart. Shoot happy. Yeah, very smart. And it's got to be fun for him, too. To, he, he says it's not a sports deal, so it's probably fun to yeah. take a little you know, detour from what he normally does. And I think a lot of people, you know, are happy that sports will remain sports because I think I understand why people felt obligated to tell the entire world how they feel and in turn how other people should feel. And there's a certain level of responsibility, I think, that people who have a platform that feel as if they have to dive into everything and do that. And we have always been a crew that is way too dumb to be letting others know how they should think. So we stay away from most of the real-world stuff. Sometimes real-world stuff comes into our world and we have to talk about it, but I try to never be a person that is trying to sway anybody in any direction strictly because I don't fucking know. I, nobody's asking, hey, you know what, that dipshit that wears the tank top in the middle of the day on the Internet, I'd like to hear what that, that guy tell me how I should feel about something that is real. like, that is not us. We're trying to be a mental vacation for people. But I think sports have been viewed that way by a lot of people for a long time. And sports became something that was, you know, much different in the coverage for a while. And I understood why it was happening because people felt an obligation. But also I understood why people were like, this is not what, if we want this, we'll go, some, we won't go, sports is supposed to be something that brings us all together as opposed to 
And Stephen A. even like acknowledges that. Yeah. I think that's good news that that is where we are at. We're all kind of understanding each other a little bit more, I think. And hopefully we'll continue to move forward in a beautiful fashion and be a united sports community, just like we have been this week around the tragedy and scary situation that was DeMar Hamlin on Monday Night Football. Sports are a beautiful thing. We're lucky to cover it. We'll do more of it tomorrow. We'll see you then. AJ, good luck. Take care. Goodbye.